You don't even have to do any research. All you got to do is watch the videos multiple times a week, throw in these props, and let the money roll in. One ten straight, and I believe we are 17 out of the last 19. So stay tuned. Got two for you from the Atlanta game, two for you from the Dodgers game. Get to my first prop here. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Miami game. All right, first prop we have Soroka versus Alcantara. Alcantara is getting 1.5 points. That's a ridiculous run line. Soroka's better in the better matchup. Gonna give up a whole lot less runs, probably go later into the game. Gonna strike out the same amount, if not more, guys. So they currently have a three implied run total lower than the Braves. So you absolutely go Soroka here. It's not even a question. Next up, Freeman versus Acuna. Freeman is the one getting the platoon split. Sandy struggles versus lefties. Freeman's the better batter. You go with Freeman here with the tiebreaker. Next up, Joyce getting the tiebreaker versus Donaldson. This one's a little bit tougher. Donaldson's probably the better play, but Joyce is getting the tiebreaker. Should be batting fifth. May get pinch hit for, but that tiebreaker is a little bit too much to give up. It's the toughest one on the prop, but I'm going to roll with Joyce. All right, next up, we have my second prop. It's two out of three over under in that same game. All right, so we have Soroka over under 5.5 Ks. He is a very low K pitcher so far this season, under 20%, under league average. Yes, he's going up against a bad Miami team, but they strike out at a 24.5% clip. But the heavy juice is on the under here over in Vegas. Soroka at 5.5 projected by Vegas with minus 120 odds on the under. I'm taking the under. Alcantara, heavy juice on the under as well. 4.5 4.5 over in Monkey Knife Fight. 4.5 over in Vegas. Minus 135 on the under. So I'm rolling with the under there. Atlanta is not a high strikeout team. Alcantara is not a high strikeout pitcher. He's not going to come close to hitting the over there. Next up, Acuna over under 1.5 total bases. He's going up against Sandy Alcantara. He's terrible. Acuna is minus one or minus 350 to get a hit. Chances are it's going to be a double. Could be a home run. Could get multiple hits. You take the over of 1.5 total bases and just move on. All right, next up, we have my third prop. It is a two out of three rapid fire in the Dodgers game. All right, so first up, we have Maeda versus Wagyu's pack. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Maeda is the much better play. Currently, Toronto has an implied total two runs less than the Dodgers. Maeda is better at striking out. He's better at run prevention. He has a better matchup. Everything is in his favor. Wagyu's pack going up against a very tough Dodgers team. No chance that he keeps us close. He should be an underdog by about five points. Take Maeda. Next up, Muncie versus Will Smith. Muncie has the platoon split. Wagyu's pack has been a bit reverse split, but Muncie's the better hitter in the better batting spot, and he has the platoon split, so you roll with him. Next up, Ballinger versus Pochette. I don't care. This is how good Bo has been this season. Bellinger has been way better, has a much better matchup on a team with a higher implied team total. Bichette is a righty going up against an extreme splits pitcher in Maeda who crushes righties. You take Bellinger here and move on. All right, guys, last up, we have my fourth prop. But before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube. It lets you know exactly when these videos are coming out so you can get these props in and let the money roll in. Also, leave any comments you have in the comment section. Or any of your favorite props there. But let's get to my last prop. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Dodgers game. All right, so we got Maeda going up against the Toronto Blue Jays. who strike out at a massive clip. Maeda has a massive K rate 
versus righties. So far this season, they struggled a little bit versus lefties, but all the lefties in the lineup have a massive pay rate. Currently, Monkey Knife has a peg for 6.5. Vegas has him at 7.5. So this is real simple for me. He's going to strike out seven guys. You go with Maeda on the over on Maeda. Next up, Wagus Pack has a minuscule K rate here, 3.5. Over in Vegas, heavy juice on the over. I get that the, the Dodgers are very good. Wagus Pack has been a bit reverse looking though, and he's got a decent swing strike rate on the season here. It's very simple. He's gonna get over 3.5. You take it, you move on. Last up, Muncie, over under 1.5 hits slash walks. I don't care who it is and what game. Wagus Pack is bad and Toronto's bullpen is bad, but Muncie, it's gonna be tough to get 1.5 plus hits slash walks. He's probably not gonna end up with two. He's batting in the home team in a game where they're favored, so he might not get ninth inning at-bats. He might only get four at-bats, and the likelihood of him getting two out of those four at-bats is not that likely. So I'm rolling with the under here. It's going to happen most of the time, so take the under. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed the video. We'll be back again next week giving you some more props. I'm down here in sunny San Diego, and I'm going to go out and have a blast with the FanDuel Live Finals. Weekend. So I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Draft Hybrid Baseball, Best Ball, NFL, All Things Good show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Britt Devine here with Mr. Man Gone from New Jersey. Travis, I'm joining you, right? You got all those casinos. You can do all the online stuff. They forced me to go, but I, I had the FanDuel ones I've been to. The uh, the DraftKings one opens up tomorrow at Del Lago, so I'm, I'm joining the ranks of the sports better, dude. Nice. Uh, how are you enjoying it? Have you Are you able to be online yet? No, New York is not online. So, I mean, I, I actually have to put on actual clothes and go to the casino. I can't just, like, do it at home for my underwear. It's kind of disappointing. But maybe uh, next year. 
Dude, that so the problem with that is like you can't attack like especially in NBA like when you know Andrew Wiggins gets ruled out that oh, you yeah. want to fire on like Jeff Teague or something or I don't know why I picked those two basketball players but yeah dude there's so much uh so much good value in that so uh, you're missing out on that for the NBA but hey man so nice to have that maybe you'll maybe you'll like pick a time to go to uh bet your NFL games per weekend uh, have a good time yeah I'll have something on that but uh anyway we're on the draft app uh if you guys want to play along with what we're going to do the bottom right corner of your screen, click profile. Up at the top right of that screen, you got to hit follow friends, follow me. It would help if I spelled my name correctly. Uh, Britt Devine, that's me. I'm not hiding from anybody. And that will allow you to follow and play through the games. We're going to do some baseball. We're going to do some best ball. And we're going to have a good time here uh, for the next hour on the show. Uh, speaking of best ball, uh, if you want to get some uh, information on it uh, to play in the championship, right? Try to win a million bucks out of 25 in their three and a half million dollar tournament. We have our best ball kit here at Roto Grinders. It's $39.99, but they give you a $25 ticket into the best ball championship. So in theory, you're really only fronting 14 bucks or 15 bucks uh, to get a shot at a million, and you'll be armed with all kinds of information to go do that. So if you have any information that's plastered all over Roto Grinders, click on the best ball kit and you'll be able to get uh, kind of up-to-date with the, the latest ammunition. And uh, that thing's updated almost instantly. If there's an injury news in these preseason games, if someone's out, if a trade happens, uh, if someone gets busted for uh, drugs like one of the Patriots safeties, right, that doesn't really have any influence on best ball. But it's updated pretty quickly, uh, so you're never really out of the loop. So don't worry about any stale information on that. Um, let's kind of jump into this, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other stuff, too. Uh, I guess we'll do baseball first. How we're going to do, we're doing a couple of baseball guys, and then we're going to close out the show uh, with a best ball. So baseball is pretty fun tonight. Uh, if you're playing like regular DFS, the pitching slate isn't that great. Uh, there's some guys you want to use, but they're really expensive, and all the bats are expensive. So I, I'm having fun on draft right now, Travis. What do you, what do you think overall of the slate tonight? Yeah, I think overall, it's a pretty solid baseball slate from what we have, you know, normally on Thursdays, it's not the best slate. So uh, I don't mind it for a Thursday. Uh, Obviously, context is everything. So uh, yeah, overall, we have a plethora of teams that you can go to tonight, right? Uh, The Braves are one of them. Absolutely love them. They're going to be a team you have to like. Uh, another team, the Dodgers, the Astros, and then the Rays. I think the Rays are maybe more of the you know chalk tonight, but there are probably about four teams I think with six runs, uh, six runs implied total. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's definitely four really good offenses, and there's other offenses that are good too, right? With implied totals above five. So overall, again for a Thursday, it's a pretty good slate. All right, uh, we're gonna do it for a buck. I got a ten man. You ready here, Travis? Let's get this going. We'll juice up the stakes in the next one after everyone gets through the warm up. But that should be in your lobby and anyone else, as long as you follow me. And don't forget, if you want to follow me to play along, make sure you do that. The only way you're gonna get the invite to play along with us on the show. Um, so, I guess let's talk. We'll, we'll talk about pitching at the top. Maybe not so much on the draft app at first. We'll get to that in a second. But what, what are you doing with a Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole conundrum? Scherzer, I think he's he's a little risky, right? Coming back off the injury list for he's been off for a while. Cole uh, was injured, but never went on the injury list. I think he has a little bit longer leash, and hopefully, uh, uh, the the minus five fifty plays that guy out in Vegas who bet fifty three hundred to win like eleven hundred or 53,000 to win, what was it, 10,000 on the Astros yesterday. He's got to bet like, what, a quarter million today to make up for it because they're minus 550 favorites. Uh, Absolutely insane to see that in baseball. Yeah, I was going to say, man, like, uh, of course, you know, if the whale play doesn't hit once, it's got to hit again. So uh, you got to fire with Was it the whale play? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's got to be a whale, right? Like, 
or, or, or the Tigers were the whale yesterday, right? So you never lose. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Garrett Cole, he's almost a lock, right? One thing I'm looking at here is there's, there is some weather. And I'm not a weatherman or anything like that. But looking at the weather, I'll probably just lean the Cole. Obviously, the matchup is better for him too. But I don't want to deal with Washington and weather. Uh, I know it's not in Washington, but I don't know. I still get scared about it. So, yeah, I, I don't want to touch the weather too much. I think Cole is my number one right now. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's the guy that I'm leaning so far. Yeah, and I think Cole, too, uh, thanks, Zach, for the follow. Cole's probably the number one pick because there's just such a high expectation of him over the entire field of pitching. Sometimes I'll lead bats, but I've been taking Cole first in the ones I've been doing today. This is a 10-man. Sometimes that gets a little different, but I think Cole is probably the the right pick there. Would you, would you have taken Cole number one overall here? Uh, yeah, I probably would have. I think there's like again, like this slate is still good, right? There's enough bats to like, but there's not like these bats I love, right? It's not like there's Nolan Arenado against a gas can lefty in Coors. Uh, the bats are fine today. They're good, but uh, it's not like there's just like these dream spots that you have to jump on. So uh, I'm fine with going Cole number one and feeling like you get a little bit of an edge there. Um, I want to note to you guys too, for your premium members, uh, I'm going to drop the link in chat. It's uh, to a like a tweet thing I did today. Uh, our lineup builder for NFL is out, uh, at least one of the upgrades. There's a lot more coming, but uh, something the team's been working on a lot. If you want to read through how to make super correlated lineups, like you're, you're pretty much been unable to do ever before on Roto-Grinders, uh, click the link in the, in the thread. And then if you're premium members, it's live for you in lineup HQ for football on all the sites. So you can jump into that and start messing around with it. But uh, we're going to be doing some tutorials and shows on that later to really show you how to use it. Uh, I'm up here. I'm going to go bats. Let's see who's here. Uh, Freeman went. Um, I think I'm going to take Muncie. Infield gets a little lighter in a 10-man later on. So uh, what do you think of the Dodgers? The late-night hammer tonight. Uh, you're going to have Peterson out there. Uh, big total against Wagaspec at 75. The wind's blowing out, so it's it's decently warm wind. It's humid out there in Los Angeles. I think the Dodgers, I mean, they almost have the six run total, but I'm counting it as over six. Yeah. It's basically six where it's at. And you know, the Dodgers, they really disappointed last night. I know people were obviously looking at the Dodgers yesterday and they were in some good spots, but I'm going to fire back with the Dodgers. Uh, I think they're a perfectly fine stack to go to. Uh, I definitely like them today. I'd probably say they're my number. I'd go with my number three stack today. If you forced me to pick, uh, I think they're three on the board. I, I like them. They also fill out positions that can be tough to roster, so I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm in on the Dodgers today. Yeah, I like them quite a bit. You see the guys, the other guys I was looking at, I was looking at Springer. I was looking at Bregman, so it seems like <clears throat> I wasn't really missing out on much. I just think Muncie just has enormous upside tonight, and I know some of the Astros do too, but uh, I wanted to get my infielder kind of situated. Bellinger, taking him over Bellinger probably seems wrong, but there's a, a lot of outfielders I think a little bit later that I like. Uh, so I went with Muncie here. Uh, what'd you end up going with? Where's uh, where's the man going team? You want Austin Meadows. So let's talk a little bit about Tampa Bay. Uh, really good spot against Wojciechowski. Uh, they, they're really expensive in, in regular DFS tonight. Uh, pretty much any bat you want is expensive. Uh, DraftKings really did a, a nice job pricing them all up today. Uh, but but talk about this matchup. You got Nerd Power, Meadows, Fam, Choi, Darno, Kiermaier, Aguilar, you know, there's a lot of power there. There's a little bit of consistency in Duffy. Looks like a really nice spot. Big ballpark upgrade. Good temperatures. High humidity. Wind blowing out. If the weather plays along, that game should smash for Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely in the camp of loving the Rays today. They're probably my number one stack on the slate. And I'm kind of just going to stack up the Rays and hope that they have a massive day and, and probably stay away from going a guy like Cole. Um, hold on. I'm up to pick. 
I'm going to go with G-Man Choi. I like him a ton today. So, um, yeah, the, the Rays are my number one offense. All these lefties, right? If you look at Wojciechowski's numbers, so 5.39 XFIP this season. K percentage, 26.7%. But, I, you know, I'm playing that he's not getting strikeouts. So I don't really care about that. The Rays also are not a team that strike out a ton, so this doesn't look good for him. Also, if you look at the walks, he's a 9.5% walk rate. And what do we want? We want guys that are hitting bombs with guys on bases. So uh, the walk rate helps. The fly ball number is 58% on him. And look at against lefties. A 357 ISO, a 379 Woba. You know, righties, it's fine too. 310 Woba, 214 ISO. But man, like, give me all the lefties today. They are going to go crazy against them. I love all of the Rays lefties. I think my mouse is acting up on me, but thankfully I have another one here. Yeah, I like the Rays quite. I don't know if I would have taken Choi. He's um, he's okay, but doesn't really. I mean, look at some of the guys you passed up Josh Donaldson, Al- Ozzy Albies. Uh, I don't know how Anthony Rendon is still available. There's just. There's a little bit of weather in that game, but I don't really think there's going to be any PPDs. To get Choi over some of those guys, I understand what you're doing, trying to get a race stack, but there are some extremely, extremely good bats out here. That's fine with me, man. I want that race stack. I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, I want the five-man stack. Uh, I want to load up on all the rays today. So, uh, yeah, give them to me. They're, they're expensive, and I want them to be expensive because it's already going to be difficult with spending up for these guys to get a guy like Eric Cole. So I just need to hope he doesn't have this massive game where you need him, and, you know, that could be some leverage for me and just the way I'm different. And don't forget, guys, uh, to tilt your opponents and hit them with the poop emojis as many times as possible during the draft. Uh, The the more emojis we can get going, uh, the better, Travis. So start smacking some emojis on everyone's draft for for maximum tiltage. Is there there a seven I can put when people tilt Put the seven? There's no seven, unfortunately. Oh, man. (laughs) But, yeah, I always always love doing the emojis. So How do I do do it? I'm trying uh, to hold on. Hold down a pick, like playmaker, hit him, and then – uh, you can give him the ing if you hold down. Oh, I see. It's after his pick. Okay. You can't do it on future guys. Oh, okay. I was trying to put poop emojis on your future pick, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait till you make a bad pick. Sounds good. You're going to be up here in a second. What are you, what are you going to be looking to do? Pitchers on the board include Maeda, Marquez, uh, Nicholas Yarbrough. Uh, this is a 10 man league and I think you can probably stretch it to 10, but I think it gets a little thin. I'm probably going to take a pitcher here with my next pick because I just don't I don't want to be past, I think, six or seven in pitchers. Yeah, that was my worry. And I think I'll be able to be get the Rays fine. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm going to go with uh, Marquis here. I like him a ton tonight. Obviously going against St. Louis. Uh, a lot of righties there in that lineup. I think he's a really good pick. So I, I'm firing away with him. He's someone that I definitely like today. Uh, looking at his price today or around the industry too, I think you can take a shot on him. I went Yarbrough, everyone. Look at that. It's a flurry of emojis on the host here uh, for Ryan Yarbrough. So you you like the Rays offense. Yarbrough's really upped his strikeouts his past couple of starts. Um, the, the Orioles stink. Their offense, this lineup doesn't really look too good overall today. Uh, are you on the Ryan Yarbrough trade as, as a reasonable pitcher uh, in DFS? I think he's probably, he's a little bit too expensive. He's 9,300. He's kind of in no man's land on DraftKings. So He'll fit in there if you can't get to the 10K pitchers and you can't get to the $7,500 pitchers. He's he's in no man's land there. Um, but but I still like him. I'm expecting a pretty good outing from him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think I'm going to fire with Yarbrough. I'm trying to do him with the Rays sack, right? Just all the Rays. That's what I'm looking at right now. See if I can make that work. But uh, I like him a ton here. I think it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Again, Baltimore, we know how bad they are. Uh, everything lines up for him. The numbers are really good this season. 3.92 exit. 21.7% K percentage and a 3.2% walk rate. You know, things are looking really good for him. So I, I like Yarbrough. And the, the big problem too, if you look at the Orioles, it's the righties is what you're concerned about. And if you look at the numbers against righties, 
you know, Yarborough's been pretty fine. The ISO's at uh, one one five, like that's just low. And you know, compared to lefties, where he's had his struggles with a two hundred and two. So uh, yeah, I think this is a great matchup for Yarborough, and he's definitely one of my favorite pitchers tonight. Uh, all right, so I'm getting up to the four five. I don't really have like a stack. I got Muncie and Fam. A couple of the other Dodgers I was hoping to get have been taken off the board. So there are some interesting plays. I, I think I'm going to try to get a piece of this Texas game because uh, Detweiler is just absolutely horrific. And yeah, that that is not good. Uh, definitely yeah. down to target him. One guy I want to mention, like Yahoo specifically, if he's in the lineup, is he was twelve dollars. Elvis Andrews. He'll be a pretty mm -hmm. chalky option. That's cheap, but uh, yeah, like overall, I agree with you. you definitely want to target Detweiler. So who are some of your favorite? A couple days ago in a crappy matchup as well. So yeah. Who, so who are your some? Who are some of your favorite guys in the uh, for Texas? I mean, who who wouldn't I want to play? It really depends on their lineup. Uh, it is not out yet. I saw Chu go. Uh, Aaron Judge was another guy, but I'm hoping. Uh, Danny Santana, where'd he go? He's he's in here somewhere. I saw him, right? Or did um, somebody, somebody just takes him. Andrus is still available. Calhoun, but I'm not really expecting him. Um, well, I wanted Santana. I guess I guess uh, I guess that's out the window because the guys I wanted uh, are currently not there. So I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, Nerd Power leading off. No, there. what are you, Britt? You're... <laughs> Sorry. There's no need for you to do that. Like that, unnecessary, man. That's a party foul. Sorry to, sorry to ruin your Tampa Bay stack. Yeah, what the heck, man? Like I wanted him, so um, not. Is that you on the poop emoji? No, I'm too busy trying to make my next pick, man. Cause you ruined everything. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, one thing I might do with the Rays and I, and uh, I know Blender doesn't like doing this, but I'm a fan of it. Like I actually like playing three outfielders from the same team because no one will do it. Right. It's just something people do not enjoy doing. So uh, I always feel contrarian when I do that. So I might do the fam, you know, Meadows and Kiermeyer stack. So that's why I took him there. And again, like we know how bad the lefties are and, uh, or how bad uh, Wojciechowski is against the lefties. So uh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with going Kiermeyer. Uh, you know, he's not a sexy pick, but I'm just trying to fill out the race deck. Yeah, I've got to scroll down. I've got to find an outfielder that I want to roster. There's a couple. Um, what are you doing with, like, Washington tonight in regular DFS? Because they're priced through the nose. We so have a little bit, bit of weather concerns. If you, add, I'm not expecting a PPD in any game. So I think bats in the end, I think I'll work out for you a little bit iffier for pitching. But, you know, are you ever going to pay 5200 for Adam Eaton in DFS against the lefty? But if you if you want to stack the top of the Nationals lineup, you might have to do something like that tonight. So it, it's kind of tough to get them. Brolt's not horrific, but he's certainly not good. But like Rendon, Soto, Soto's fine against lefties. Eaton's even fine against lefties. There, there's a lot to like on Washington if you can look past the weather and some of the splits. And, and that lineup did just hit Eaton his second turner. Eaton, Rendon, Soto, Kendrick. Suzuki uh, is a nice place. Dozier hitting seventh, not ideal, but I think you can still make that work. But uh, I, I think that Nats lineup looks pretty juicy. Yep, Dozier's a really solid guy to throw in there that might not get some ownership based on because he's batting seventh, and that can be nice for you there against the lefty. So, yeah, I like the Nationals, and I think the weather is good for tournaments and keeps people off them. So if I'm playing GBPs, I want to be overweight on the Nationals here. You're uh, I think here, it's a pretty by the good way. spot. Yeah, I'm looking to see what I'm going to do now. I think I'm going to take uh, Jesus Aguiar and call it a day um let's see i could just take dj lemay who who just never uh you know he's basically the mvp i know he, he's not mike trout but he's been crushing all season long uh, i think it's tough i don't really know maybe i should have taken outfielders earlier chris davis got the home run 
Yeah, Chris Davis and Judge in the same game homer, right? Uh, finally, it's uh, – and I don't like Aaron Judge today that much. He's someone that I was looking at and trying to decide if I wanted to buy him that price against Tanner Rourke. But if you look at Tanner Rourke's numbers, I mean, against righties, he's been really good throughout this season. Uh, let me pull him up now because it's been, it's been impressive. Uh, let's see. The numbers on him are – I believe he's a one uh, – 112 uh, ISO, a 274 Woba against righties. And I get it. Judge, you know, he might be looking better now because he just hit a home run. But uh, I don't know. I think there's other outfielders I'd rather go to today. I get he's kind of a value today, but I'm not looking to play Aaron Judge today. That's just me. Um, let's see here. Did this, did this end? Yeah, my I think mine's over, but it's frozen. All right. I was going to try to look through the teams, but – uh, now that we all have information, I think I'm going to try to construct my team a little bit differently. We're going to do a $5 one. That was a one, right? A little warm-up. We're moving to the main event for the show. Five bucks for everybody to get in here. So I think I'm going to try to construct my team a little differently. I haven't done the 10. I've been doing a lot of three and sixes. And I didn't really like how the 10-man played out. So I'm going to try to try to mix it up a little bit on this one here. I might forego, I might forego pitching to get kind of all the bats that I want. Yeah, well, may- maybe you won't take my race stack, man, like out of nowhere. Like, you didn't have to take Eric Sogar. Just stay in your lane, Brett, okay? All right, so we'll do a 10-man for five. After this, guys, we're going to do some NFL and maybe talk some NFL uh, because uh, best ball, the championship, all this stuff is really popping off on draft right now. You basically don't even have to wait more than a couple minutes for those things to fill. So here comes our final baseball of the day, and we'll try to, try to mix it up a little bit more. Uh, we talked a lot about bats. How about how about some pitching out there, Travis? What's out there? So we talked at the top on Cole. We didn't really hit, hit many other ones. We, I talked Yarbo, Yarbrough. I like him. Um, Syndergaard's someone I'm eyeing away from. Just not enough strikeouts. Too many lefties in that Cleveland lineup. I, I just don't really think he's – if he's an over 10K pitcher, I'm not too interested. Uh, I'd take Soroka over him on DraftKings specifically, and I think Soroka has a reasonable chance to go – six or seven innings, strikeout, four or five, limit overall damage, and, and have himself a pretty good game. Uh, other than that, you got to really dig around in the garbage bin uh, for some interesting plays. So who are you eyeing overall? Yeah, so obviously at the top, there's a lot of really good arms. One guy we didn't mention who's technically at the top, too, is uh, Mike Soroka. He's definitely really in play here against the Marlins. Except a pretty good outing. It just depends if you want to pay that price for him. But in tournaments, I don't hate this mid-tier a little bit. Like, I don't mind going to Tanner Rourke against the Yankees mm-hmm. team that does have strikeout upside. Again, that's more of like a large-field GVP move. Even Kenta Maeda against the Toronto team uh, that you can get some strikeouts in. I don't mind that, too. I think that's perfectly fine. So uh, I don't hate this mid-tier. I don't think it's bad. I really don't like the bottom, though. That's where it gets really, really ugly. Uh, and the only guy I'm really considering down here is uh, Gerardo. Like, I don't really want to mess with too many guys. But, hey, uh, if if Dean was out there pitching against the White Sox, I think I'd have some interest for 5K or lower. So. I'd play – I don't hate uh, – I like Gerardo. I don't know if this one's going to fill first. So what, what I'm going to do <clears> – let's back out of this one, guys. I don't know if it's freezing on people or 5 bucks is too much or I'm going to make a smaller one. This one didn't fill. So back out of this one, everybody, and I'll start another one so that you don't get stuck into this one. So I'll leave this draft, and uh, I'm going to create uh, a smaller one that we can all get into this one. I'll maybe make like a a seven-man. All right. I'm ready to join when you are. Well, we're at seven. All right. Here we go on this one. So I backed out. Hopefully, yeah, the delay is caught up, and you guys were able to get into that one. So we'll jump into this seven-man. <clears throat> but, yeah, I like Michaelis. Uh, what about Savali, who's just can – he can get it done, right? It's not a sexy matchup against the Mets, but if you're just looking for a cheap pitcher to throw in there, 
I think I'd rather – I don't know if i trust him more than Gerardo. Gerardo, you do save quite a bit of money. You save 1200 on DraftKings. But Savali's kind of the other guy I'm looking at, at, at low ownership, low price to kind of mix into some tournament teams. Listen, man, I'd rather just go with Gerardo over Savali. I don't really want to mess with him today. Uh, you know, the weather, if you look at the uh, weather edge tool, it, it likes the weather there in New York a little bit. And, I, and the Mets, you know, they've been playing really well lately. And I'm just not down to pick on them. And I don't really like Aaron Savali that much. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to go with Gerardo and just hope because, right, it's the White Sox, right? We know they can shrink out a ton. I'm looking for upside. And on top of that, I want to make sure I get all of the bats in. So, uh, yeah, I would rather just go with that approach. Uh, so we're going to be sniping each other. I'm not going for the race stack out of the one, one hole. So, uh, you got one, two. So it looks like me and you are going to be battling here. I'm going to take Garrett Cole. I'm going to make it easy on you. So you, you get... just said you're going to wait for pitching at the well, end. Now when I get the one, one, I'm, of course, I'm going to take Garrett Cole. So uh. I'm taking that and you could just start. If you have a choice of any bat tonight, who is it? Yeah, that's a good question. If I do have a choice of any bat, who is it? It's probably Freddie Freeman. Yeah, uh, so it is Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I'm going to go with him. And, uh, you know, I don't mind having Freddie Freeman as a one-off. If someone else wants to take the uh, someone else wants to take the Braves, like, that's cool. They can do that. And then maybe I'll grab some uh, Rays on the way back or a different offense. Maybe I'll get the Dodgers later. So uh, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, Freddie Freeman, he is definitely the number one overall bat on the slate. So uh, like him. Yeah, just he's he's like he's he's amazing. And. No one really is like, oh, man, I got to play Freddie Freeman. I mean, one, because he's just so expensive. And there's, you know, do you want Freddie Freeman or Mike Trout? You would probably just rather play Mike Trout when they're the same price. So he's like one of the more underappreciated guys, I think, in DFS, simply because his price is always so high. Free money, Freddie, man. Uh, You can't go wrong with him. Yeah, definitely can't. Uh, All right. So I think I'm going to – I didn't like how outfielders ended up at the end last time, and there were still some good infielder names. So I think I'm going to – I'm just going to spring on some outfielders first. No, basically no matter who's at infield, unless one of my like super top targets really lands there at infield. So we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I, I like, uh, I think what well, you're just poo pooing on Savali too much. You know, you're giving me the poop emoji on him. I, I like him as a, like a, a lower owned. Of course you have to pay more than Gerardo. I just think Gerardo is going to draw quite a bit more ownership than no, you're definitely right. So like looking for a pivot in that range. I mean, I get it. Like it's fine, but I- I want to say I am completely wrong too. So I've refreshed. I have our ownership projections, which I'm not sure. We have Gerardo at 8%. I think that's going to be higher. And Savali is 39%. So I, I was way off on what I was expecting the ownership. I think they'll be a little bit closer. There. Yeah, I would assume it would be closer. Uh, I, I, that, that's just where I thought instantly. But um, interesting. Uh, I, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, Savali's fine, right? The strikeout rate is there and everything. He's got a pitcher's on and that Mets lineup isn't that good, but I don't know. Savali's K prop is only at 4.5 and like, I don't know. I'm, and again, like Gerardo's K prop isn't that high either, but you know, the, the white Sox they just strike out so much, man. I mean, we know this, right? Yada, yada, yada. They strike out. Everyone knows that whole rant, but I just think Gerardo, he has upside and sometimes getting 10 fantasy points for a guy at like 5k is just enough. And like, he doesn't have to do that much for me. He could get, get, you know, five strikeouts and get like, you know, give up four runs and it'll still be fine if he goes like five or six innings. So I'm not that worried. Um, all right. You're up and then I'm up. Yeah, some, I got, I got Josh Donaldson lurking. So uh, here we some, go, man. Yeah. Get the, the last of your stack. You weren't able to get Albies or anyone in there, but there's a lot of really good bats here. So I'm going to go ahead well, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to get a stack here because I'm going to take Fam, who I absolutely love, and I think you would agree as part of that. And then at infield, Rendon's sitting here. Rendon against the lefty. I know there's some weather concerns, but 
I, I don't care. Rendon's one of the best hitters in the league against lefties, and I, I think that's a, a, a top-tier play to make. All right, let's see. I'm up right now. And you know who I'm going to go with? And I, I was just about to talk about him was Matt Joyce. He's in the five hole today. He's a really cheap salary saver around the industry. Easy way to get exposure to the Braves. So uh, Matt Joyce is someone I'm expecting to be popular today, Britt. Uh, I'm assuming that ownership is going to be really high. He's super cheap over there, right? Uh, I'm assuming. I'm sure he's like two. He's probably like 2.2K or something. Let me yeah, pull it up now. I think he's going to get real high ownership over there. No, right? uh, yeah, 2.1K. So yeah, everyone, yeah. in everyone's lineup. And then DK, he is, let's see the price over there again. Oh, yeah, it's 4K. So it's a little higher, but that's still that's still fine. Like, you could still certainly play him. Uh, but Yahoo specifically, he's $7. He's just like a, a free play around the, the industry in some spots. So, uh, yeah, definitely get some Matt Joyce exposure. And don't forget, right, a lot of people, when they look at the uh, Braves, they're going to say, oh, let me play Acuna. Let me play Albies, Freeman, Donaldson. Oh, Joyce is a value. Like, one through five for the Braves, it's going to be very, very highly owned. No one wants to roster Hechevarria, Ortega, and Flowers as much. Like it's just not mean? as comfortable. You don't want to. You don't want to go all in on Hechevarria. No, I do not. I don't want to. You know, lock button him. 150 lineups, and uh, you know, head to the sports book and watch the game. I'll be passing on that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I've got a little bit. Let me try to look ahead and see. San- Santana's not going to make it around to me. Nerd Power might, Justin Turner. <clears throat> you guys are going to snipe them all on me now that I'm mentioning names. I forgot. This is it's in, it's in a friendly show. We're all playing to kind of beat each other into the ground here. Uh, and when that, what, 20 bucks at the end, it's it's very important that we all outdo each other. Uh, let's see if there's anything else we can talk about. You have a, a like a well, low-owned stack. I could pull up Slate IQ. You can kind of see what's going on there. But you got something a little more off the radar people might be interested in. Like Tampa Bay, of course, we like them. Ownership's through the nose, though. So saying we like tampa bay of course we do but so does everybody else yeah let me pull up the slate iq i don't know if it has updated yet um any update on it let's see it should be if ownership's out slate iq is usually updated you're up too by the way yeah i'm up you know what i'm gonna take here Britt? a guy that i want to talk about that is a good value another yahoo play at 11 dollars, and around the industry he's got decent prices it's jock peterson uh like him here in this matchup hitting lead off so uh jock jams i'm definitely down with going with in this matchup so uh yeah, let's see the leverage here. Who are the leverage plays? Okay, we got Oakland. Uh, they're the highest leverage team right now, I believe I'm seeing. Is that correct, Britt? Um, I might have the wrong I'm just looking more at ownership. Like the Rays have some – if you're not playing the Rays or the Braves or the Dodgers, you're doing something really different tonight. No, I yeah, that's the thing. So, like, I, I figured those offenses are going to be, you know, the ones that get the most traction. And I had the wrong thing up, and now I got a pick. So, let me take a picture here. Um, I'll go with my aid. Uh, no, we'll go with Yarborough. Yarbrough's a good play. So yeah, t- no, I, I I still have Wednesdays up. I, I might be using an old tab or something. I don't know what's going on. Do you have this? Uh, do I, got you have this? Th- I got Thursdays. Yeah, it's up. Uh, you go go to like the main page and you and you get it. So I'm looking at it. The Yankees are an extremely high leverage team tonight. They're coming in around middle of the pack at 51% total cumulative ownership. Um, but we currently have the winner rostering them or teams like the Yankees in theory. Uh, basically double what their ownership is going to be tonight so it looks like Slate iq really likes the yankees tonight you got any takes on that yeah i mean i think it's fine i'd obviously want to target the lefties more but the argument too is like if the lefties are starting to go off obviously you know we're gonna get the bullpen and that'll be fine i mean houston's got the highest leverage one of like the four teams i talked about earlier so i guess i would lean with them right now but um I mean, I don't mind Oakland, too. I think the thing that's nice about Oakland is we know Tanaka, right? He has blow potential. 
That, that's just how he is. He always does give up home runs here and there. And when he blows up, it can be really ugly, and we know it's just a ton of home runs. And then on top of that, then you get the really bad Yankees bullpen. You don't have to worry about those arms. So, uh, yeah, that Oakland-New York-Yankees uh, game is kind of more intriguing the more and more I look at it. Yeah, if you stack – the reason Houston's such high leverage is because they're so expensive and the ownership's going to be really low. Because if you want to roster the good Houston bats, you've got to do something like – you can't even really use Yar – you know, it's Yarbrough and Gerardo or Mikolas and Gerardo just to try to get all the bats that you want today. And do you really want to do that when Garrett Cole's on the slate and could have 45 fantasy points? That's what's keeping the Houston ownership kind of so low. Yeah, but I'm okay with that, right? Because, like, if you're banking, like, let's say you're banking on not playing Garrett Cole. Like, a great way to do that is just to go to the Astros. Like, there's just so much leverage there. And if they have a big night, like, they could just go absolutely off. Like, and it's the Astros. They can go off against anyone. And it's, you know, they have a six implied total. Like, if you're going to get them at low ownership, man, it's really nice to have them. So, uh, you know, I'm leaning the Rays as a team that I want to stack. But the more and more we're talking about it, there is a lot of leverage here. So, you're muting. Right. I think I'm back. The dogs were barking, so I muted myself. Um, you want to do a best ball championship? Yeah, I'm down to do the best ball championship. Let All me right. know when and um, let me to fire. I'm jumping in. I'll be the test. Oh, I'm one of 12, right? So, you guys, there's plenty of room here. If you want to jump in a best ball championship with me and Travis, we'll close out the show on this. It's probably not going to finish by the time the show's over, but we'll switch to some football talk and uh, be able to talk kind of some of the, the latest news issues on the best ball championship. Again, <clears throat> if you don't haven't played it and you want to get some information for it, we have the best ball kit at Roto grinders. It's 39 99, but you get a $25 entry into this. So really only cost you 15 bucks and you get up to the date information. You get rankings from a bunch of people as well. So you'll be able to get all of that. Um, while this fills, there's also a couple other things I want to talk about. Don't forget uh, if you want to check out the lineup builder, uh, it is now live for NFL. Uh, there's a tweet I just posted in the Roto Grinders uh, chat, kind of help you through some of the the new stuff we've put in there. There's going to be even more new stuff by the time uh, kickoff starts on opening day. But uh, this is our first big upgrade. You can make some really sweet lineups on that. And then, of course, uh, I got to talk about uh, the badge promo because it seems like a lot of you have been participating in that recently. So if you upload your Roto Grinders badge. Uh, to your fantasy site of choice and you happen to bink uh, top 10 in one of the big tournaments you get a month of premium uh Devin, if you have the link drop it for everybody and uh guys like raymond 333 texas giants uh wild cea roadman baby ron that's almost like baby tron but baby ron a uh, horn dog somehow horn dogs in there twice nice screen oh i see dean's burner slipped in there yeah uh, dean's burner in there jonestown 15 uh and a couple others uh thanks for uploading your badge and supporting it and if you happen to big a tournament hey you get yourself a month of roto grinders premium so uh not not bad right if you're gonna win a win ten thousand bucks or something like that hey what's another 40 roto grinders premium to help you win again yeah, man, throw that on. It's always a good time. I'm rocking the RG badge. You're rocking the RG badge. Uh, Dean78904 and Horndog are rock, rocking the RG badge. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, jump in. Uh, yeah, and I know it's a draft show, but Fantasy Draft, uh, they have a huge promo. It's like $20,000 worth of tickets. Um, Devin dropped the link in there. So, hey, I'm going to talk about it because uh, I, I like what they have going on over there. So, go check out that. It's for preseason. It starts tonight, football. So, if you like preseason and your premium, you can go read Jamino stuff. Go get that and try to win yourself some tickets. It's five entries 
and you can have yourself a good time on that. Uh, all right, Travis, we're about to go. I'm hoping I want a top three pick. I think that's the that's the secret sauce. I think that's what everybody wants. It's probably going to mean I'm going to get either pick four. You got 1.1, like, and I got the oh, worst pick. I got the worst pick you can get in the no, draft. Oh, the sixth pick. Yeah, so you're going to have a decision. Although, we did one of these yesterday. Zeke went 1.5. So I'm going to ask you, if, if Zeke falls to you, are you taking him at 1.6? Um, it's a tough one. I will say, so like my strategy in this is I basically want any tight end Evan Ingram and above. So mm-hmm. like, I don't mind reaching on Kelsey at 1.6 because like on the way back, I'll probably get Dalvin cook or like a running back. That's pretty solid. I'm kind of bullish on some of these other running backs who are below. Like, obviously I'd love to have Barkley McCaffrey, Kamara and Johnson, but I do think like from like Zeke and like bell, some of these other running backs are still pretty good. So I don't know. It's, Sometimes it's really nice to lock in a guy like Travis Kelsey early and 1.6 is a little too early maybe to go for him, but I'm not normally someone that's taken him at like 1.7, 1.8, 1.9. I'll take Kelsey and on the way back, then get a running back. We'll see. I'm going to, I've been taking a lot of Christian McCaffrey at one, one over Saquon. You got any thoughts on that? Cause I'm, I'm doing it here again. Yeah. So I was firing a lot of McCaffrey at first. And then when I heard the whole, like McCaffrey might not get that lead, uh, not, not the lead role. He might, <laughs> he might not lie. get the goal what a, line. Yeah. What a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a lie, but like, I was like looking at my ownership and I said, I do need to mix more Barkley. And so I started mixing more Barkley in, but uh, I think both are really, I mean, they're both really good plays. If you're stuck with either, like it's, it's a good problem. Man. You don't get stuck Zeke. I'm really surprised Zeke at one four. I've seen him go at like the one twelve in, in one of these one four. There's just, I'd rather take something safe. I think he's, he's probably going to end up. Uh, yes, Brent. So I don't like taking the big time receivers. I get good. David Johnson 1.6. This is beautiful. Oh, this. Man. Your, your, your lineup's doing good. Uh, let's talk about some of the other kind of guys up at the top. I'm really surprised Zeke went one four. I think at like 110, 112, but hey, some people like to take him out here. Uh, I guess Antonio Brown's going to be coming up next. He's kind of like the next hot topic guy. Usually goes end of the second, something like that. What, what are we doing with a guy like Brown now in these best ball championships? Uh, yeah, so I typically don't like go after him right away. If he falls to me, like some of these guys that have question marks, I just wait for them to fall to me. And if there's like value with it, then I take them. That's kind of like Zeke too. Like I'm not forcing Zeke in. If Zeke does fall to me, like let's say I'm at 1.9 and I get Zeke, which has happened before. Like I actually have a team, Britt, you won't even believe it. It's a 12 man and I have Zeke and Travis Kelsey on the same team. Mm-hmm. That's how far Zeke fell. So yeah, you can get him I, at the at the turn there is perfect. Yeah, I just let him like kind of naturally fall to me if I can. So like, and that's like Antonio Brown too. Like, I don't reach on him. I just let him naturally fall. So uh, I'm not forcing that. Like, I'd rather have Ty Hilton over over Antonio Brown straight up. I get it. The Colts might kind of throw to too many guys, but Hilton just has that like ability to pop. Right. Uh, just the upside that he has in best ball is so big. And I love Hilton. So, uh, and on top of that, you always, you also think late in the season, I love how the Colts play in a dome. So that's, a, there's always some value in that too. I'm really hoping one of DB's quarterback special extra accounts gets in here and takes like 15 quarterbacks. So Dan, I hope, I, I think he might've been on XM. So he couldn't have gotten all of his extra accounts in here to take 15 quarterbacks, but I, I'm, I'm really hoping one of you guys may, makes this mistake because then every, everyone's team looks so much better. Yeah. By the way, what do you think about Nick Chubb? He's been really climbing and I think Nick Chubb is really good. Like I like him, but I think he's just like moved up and I don't know why people are taking him for sure over Dalvin cook. Like I think Dalvin cook has the ability to just be like a lead back and absolutely dominate this season. So you didn't um, see the the Roto world blurb where Alexander Madison is getting all the hype in the world. I mean, come on, you got to read these things. I'm not that worried about it. I I, I don't get hyped up either. Yeah. Like dude, Dalvin cook is really good, man. So, uh, and I have the ability to take him here, but, uh, 
Here's the thing, dude. I love locking in a good tight end, man. I mm. love it. And Kittle, it's 2.7. I still think I can do it. I want to take Dalvin Cook here, but I'm someone that I already have a really good running back, and I don't feel like I need to have two. So, um, and I think I can get another running back later. That's fine. So Poor I'm going with Kittle. He's definitely going to take Dalvin. I would have taken Cook there. The one he should, thing, yeah. The one I mean, thing with David Johnson, it gives you your top two picks on the same bye week, which I don't, especially that's the week before the playoffs start in this thing. So, I mean, it could really theoretically kill you at that point in time. yeah but but so do you see why i kind of debate on taking kelsey at 1.6 like if david johnson wasn't there like yeah. why am i taking Le'Veon bell and kittle right like because again i like reaching on my tight ends i want to have good tight ends my strategy has mainly been pl- taking only two quarterbacks only two tight ends i typically have a really good tight end for the most part and then i just get like maybe five or six running backs and i'm loaded up on receiver with like eight or nine guys with like tons of these like late round receivers that have upside all the guys i wanted evans and cook by the way, Dalvin Cook, great at 2.10. 2, 2. I like that a ton. So, uh, And Antonio Brown went 2.8, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. He's he's just – I mean, he's probably just doing all this just so he doesn't have to, like, do training camp and everything. Yeah. The but. problem with the 1-1 now is earlier in the season, it looked great. Now, when you get right here, like, I, I really don't – I don't want to click – I literally don't want to click on anybody. Um, well, well, why not? Like, Carrion Johnson's a good play. T.Y. Hilton's a good one. Really. I'll take, I'm going to take Damian Williams and I'm going to take, hopefully that'll work. I'm going to take Carrion and I'm just going to go, what I'm going to end up doing, I don't love these guys where they are. I would have rather taken, if Andrew Luck didn't have any issues, I would have taken T.Y. Hilton. Keenan Allen, he was kind of dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. Amari Cooper's got um, plantar fascia. That's a little scary. Do we trust the Minnesota passing game? I don't know. So like earlier, a month ago, all these picks looked great. And now there's a little bit of red flags on almost all of them here. I, I normally would have gone a couple of receivers there, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to end up doing is I'm definitely only going to have four running backs. I think I could even legitimately just go three with McCaffrey, Williams, and carry on all on separate buys and just load up elsewhere. I might do something really strange. I call it the hyper fragile is what the cool kids call it. I might just run with three running backs here and do something strange. No, you can totally do that. And I love like talking these different strategies that you can do. And I think going with that is perfectly fine. That's one reason I debated on maybe taking Dalvin Cook there. Cause then I was like, well, if I just get maybe one running back late, like I could run with three and be perfectly fine. So uh, I don't hate that approach. And yeah, I don't know. I, some of my favorite teams, Britt, are like the Travis, uh, not Travis Kelsey. It's uh, the Christian McCaffrey, uh, George Kittle, and then T.Y. Hilton builds. At least that was before the luck injury stuff was was uh, lurking. But I kind of love those starts. or going Barkley. Uh, that's why I kind of like being in the 1.1 or 1.3. I don't like being in the middle. I either want to be all the way at the uh, beginning of the draft or all the way at the end. Well, let's see here. Travis. Oh man, he took my he took my running back, man. I love Devontae Freeman. Yeah, take, he's take Fournette or Aaron Jones or even Mac. I think you're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mac is a guy that's like, if you look at the snap counts from preseason, he's really starting to climb up and he's getting yeah. a ton. I don't have enough Mac. And I said to myself when I started doing more best walls, uh, you know, this this week, I would take some more Mac. So I'm gonna jump in on Mac now to get a little more exposure. Yeah, I think uh I think Fournette's probably going. Definitely dropped a little bit too late in this one. I'm I'm likely not going to get all the trendy names by the time it gets back to me are going to be gone at the 4, 12, 5, 1. Um, but I'm definitely going to be – I think I'm just going to try something weird. I'm going to take three, first three running backs. Maybe I'll go like a fourth late one, but I'm just going to hammer receivers, hammer tight ends. And, uh, you know, I might have like ten receivers, three, three tight ends, three quarterbacks, and, and kind of really just – 
go for the the best score every single week, maxing out those positions. Yeah, that's fine. Brett, I did want to ask you a question because, you know, I've done a little bit of strategy on best ball, but I've been looking at what some other people are doing and I've seen some smart people do it. Um, why are people doing the, like, they'll grab, they'll grab Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Like, I'm with you. I want to have a, so I've had, I've had Kelsey fall to me, uh, like two, five or six, and I'll take Kelsey there. And then I've had, I got Ertz at like five, one, or, you know, like if you get that combo, I'd do it, but I I, I don't hate it because one, you're, you're going to have a massive score every week at tight end Two, the other guys probably going to count as your flex and three, you're really killing the rest of the league. You're, you're taking one of the best plays away from the rest the rest of the league too so I, I wouldn't try to do it but if Ertz fell if Ertz was still here is he Ertz isn't but sometimes he'll fall here and yeah. I had Kelsey I have no problem doing it. yeah I've seen some smart people do it and that's why I was asking it wasn't something I've you know gravitated towards that much and I, I obviously want to know why and ask someone about it because uh, I, I do see smart people doing it and I was curious why I think it makes sense uh, though the more you've talked about it now and I'll, I'll probably start looking at it more as some of these tight ends do fall because again I, I love like anyone from Evan Ingram and up basically like uh, Ingram Howard Ertz, uh, Kelsey and Kittle. I think 50% of my teams are Kittle and Kelsey teams. Like I think 12 or 10% of them are Ertz teams. Then I have about like 8% OJ Howard and like, you know, whatever everything is. I'm like loaded up on those guys. Uh, one, someone, Melissa wants to know how many best balls I've done. I think I'm up to like 175 and I've been doing them since basically right after the Super Bowl when they launched them. A wide variety of picks at all different times is fun, right? And it's, I, I like the draft. I'm hoping I make a couple of bucks on it too. But, I mean, the entertainment value I've had, I'm playing a lot of the $5 12-mans over and over and over again. Whatever. If I, if I don't make a couple bucks, whatever. But it's a, it's fun entertainment, and it, it also just keeps me in the game of NFL all year long. So. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. There's value in, like, if you're going to be playing a lot of money week one, it helps you keep up with it. So uh, I'm fine with that. Britt, I want you to guess, though, because, you know, I was a best ball hater, and I'm starting mm-hmm. to come around to it. Um, how many best balls do you think I've done? 42. Uh, a little higher than that. I'm at 62 best balls. So, oh, you know, it would have been great if you did seven more. Yeah, I should have done seven more <laughs> for the show. But uh, yeah, dude, like I've been really enjoying it. Like I think next year I'm going to attack best ball a lot more. Uh, I don't like the slow drafts as much. Like I know you've done a lot of the slow drafts, but I, I just prefer doing the fast drafts and I'm doing like three at a time or I'll it'll start out with one and then I'll add two more and I'll just keep grinding them out. And I really enjoy it. I like seeing what other people do and actually like watching the drafts and kind of focusing on what people are, are taking. And if oh, I see man. a smart person, I, I am, I'm, do I already have a, I'm going to love this team here. So I'm going to, I'm going to get Tyler Lockett. Who's going to be a top 12 wide receiver this year, guys. And then I'm going to snipe Evan Ingram as well here. And just, so I've got my three running backs. I'll, I'll probably pick a fourth late, but I've, I've just, I'm going to win at tight end. I love Lockett here. So I'm, I'm going to have some fun with this team. This is, this is going to be an interesting way for me to, I don't think I've made one like this in a long time. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it's a different build than I've seen. And I have like a pretty straightforward build that I do all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of still on that right now. I mean, I got two great running backs in Johnson and Mac. I got Galladay uh, and then I have Kittle. Normally I, I would have Mac swapped out mm-hmm. for like another receiver, more of like a top end receiver, but uh, you know, it didn't fall that way for me that time. So um, that's kind of just like the way I've been building though. I take quarterback very late for it. Like one value I really like is Matthew Stafford, like all the way in like round 15 or 16. Any quarterback, any quarterback is a good value. Of course. But I'm just someone like, I don't care that much about quarterback. If someone falls me, like let's say Deshaun Watson falls in a good spot and my team looks right. Like yeah. I'll do it. But 
again, like I, I really pay attention to the draft and focus on what's going on in it and focus and see like what guys are just making like egregious mistakes and see how much wiggle room I have to, uh, you know, either reach on guys or wait on guys. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to have to try to figure out my stacks later. I don't have any of the high end uh, wide receivers. So I might have to, you know, double, try to double up with some teams receiver to, and then take a quarterback and try to, you know, get some stacking in here. Do you try to stack when you do these? I, I would highly recommend it. Um, you probably don't want to reach multiple rounds to get all your stacks, but if you got, you know, if you have a receiver you like, and you got him at value, if you reach one round on one quarterback or you reach one round on one wide receiver to get a stack, I think in, in this format, um, especially in the playoff weeks where you have to run so pure, I think it's worth it. No, I'm definitely with you on that. Um, I'm going to go Tyler Boyd here. I like Boyd a lot. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I maybe should have went Calvin Ridley, but I hate this end of receiver, like this spot where you're like DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Ridley. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I took a lot of AJ Green, so I'm not like firing on him anymore. And like Tyler Boyd, I think that's all fine. Uh, I like the range where we get to like Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk, uh, Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel. I really like that range. You can also get Josh Gordon there, Dante Pettis. Yeah. D.D. Westbrook is a guy I love this year. So uh, I, I prefer to get my receivers later if I can. But uh, yeah, I'm with you though on the stacking thing. Uh, I think in these $25 contests, you do want to try and stack, right? It makes sense to do that. I don't like, I don't do it on purpose. Like if, if I can make it happen, I'll do it. But the one thing I'll like see is if I don't get a stack, like maybe I'll take a running quarterback with like Lamar Jackson or like a Josh Allen who has like all this upside. I'll look more at that. Like I'm probably not going to take a naked Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I'd want Jimmy Garoppolo with Kittle and uh, whichever Niners receiver you want. Um, I guess, Devin, if you want to start throwing the QQs in, we'll do them. We're going to try to talk some draft too. So if we don't get to all of them, we're sorry. But, hey, it's football. Football is right about to start. The lineup builder updates just got released. I'm throwing money around like it's nobody's business across every single site out there. So it's just like I'm all pumped up for football. But we'll get to a couple of the questions here. Uh, I still got a little while to go. So let's see here. Um, are we buying this as a football one? Are we buying into Curtis Samuel hype? Um, oh yeah. I, I'm definitely on the Curtis Samuel hype train. He's looked really good. Uh, and Cam Newton's arm is a lot better this year, right? At least as of now, of course he could break down throughout the season. That could obviously happen, but, um, I'm definitely buying the Carolina offense. And I think that's a stack you're able to get like pretty well you can go there if you get McCaffrey at the start it's good to maybe you know find a way to get Samuel and then you can get Cam Newton pretty late so I, I like the Carolina stack and I don't have enough of it and I want to get more yeah same, I, so like has the Curtis Samuel hype caused DJ Moore to drop like what is DJ Moore still doing here uh, uh, he's gonna fl- be off the board in the next couple of picks but yeah Samuel it depends it's probably risen a little bit too high now he's gotten too much hype so before you were getting him at like in the 11th round and then it's the 10th round and now he goes in like the seventh round and I think it's probably a little bit too high uh, and I think more at least in this draft more is definitely going way too low more should have been off the board already so I like Curtis Samuel I expect him to have a good game or a good season but I just I mean would I take Will Fuller over him yes would I take there's a couple of guys that people reach for that might go over him so I, I think he's probably about right. There's there's not really a lot of value left is kind of what I'm saying. I do love Will Fuller. Uh, so I think that definitely makes it interesting. But I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, Curtis Samuel. I'd probably take Samuel straight up over DJ Moore. Right I, I, that is a mistake for sure. Uh, we'll have to see at the end of the season, Britt. We'll have to see. All right. 
uh, you're up here. So you got David Johnson. You got a, a well-rounded roster so far. You got different bye weeks. I don't know if you were trying for that, but I like that. You got Johnson, Mack, Galladay, and Boyd with Kittle. So you, you got like a nice rounded team going on here. Yeah. Probably, probably don't need a quarterback. I need to go receiver, and I need to either go Robbie Anderson or Christian Kirk, and I have David Johnson, so I'll go Christian Kirk. Hope to maybe get Kyler Murray. No one reach for it to just be annoying. If it happens, it happens, and you want him, great. Collusion! Collusion! Don't don't go out of your way to just take Kyler Murray from me, okay? Like, if you wanted him, go for him. But, like, don't go out of your way just to screw me because you got to make sure your team is good, too. We're all trying to win here. We're all trying to make the best possible team for ours. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to obviously wait on Kyler Murray, but I I obviously don't want to reach, too. Um, back to baseball. So YouTube QQ favorite SP one and SP two. Uh, I, I mean, Garrett Cole for sure. Right. If you don't have the money for him, I think I'm going down to Soroka and Yarbrough as my, um, SP one. And then, I mean, what, what are you doing for SP two? Are you doubling up or are you going going into the seven to five K range. Well, I'm not playing cash today. So if I went in SP two, that was up high. Like I'd probably go to like a guy like Yarborough maybe, but I'd rather just go down to Gerardo and be able to get a ton of bats. Like, I think that's just the build I would prefer to do today. Um, all right. I'm going to take best ball superstar, Robbie Anderson, and I'm going to take best ball superstar, Will Fuller. By the way, a nice, like, really interesting stack is, and you did get two superstars for best ball. Um, a late stack you can get, which I prefer late stacks more, is going Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and then, like, Jamison Crowder, or even, even going Chris Herndon. So uh, I don't mind that jet stack. And, like, again, like, you can load up on a ton of really, really good plays, and then you're getting that jet stack in there. So I don't know if you worry about the whole Adam Gase is going to run a slow offense thing, though. And, like, Le'Veon Bell's going to be bad this year. Some people are talking about that a little on Twitter. They'll be faster. They have the personnel to play a little bit better this year. Yeah, for sure. I don't think you can really read into any pace until after we see a first regular season game because these teams, even in the preseason, they're, they've really smartened up. No one's really running their offenses. No one's playing their starters. I mean, normally week three, we're, we're Jones in to play all the starters in preseason DFS because they're going to play the full half and a lot of teams aren't even playing their starters anymore so you really can't read too much into it and I I really think week one is going to be I don't even know if you can really read much into that because we it's just these guys are going to be gelling together on the field on a real game for the first time so I'm going to be you know when you see all my stuff that comes out on rotor grinders I'm going to be if there's a guy that's high owned week one I'm going to be underweight on him is, is basically how I'm playing DFS for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I just got Josh Gordon sniped for me. I'm so mad. I, I had him eyed I, up there I too mad. at 7.6. No, I like him, but I went Jarvis Landry. I didn't, I don't know. It was between Jarvis Landry or Rashad Penny there. I, I kind of felt like getting a third running back, but I feel like one of my leaks, at least in the best ball drafts, is like trying to get too many running backs, but I don't know. That, that's been one of my, that's one of the things I've been trying to fix, Britt. I, I still know. like Landry. You're, you got a really consistent You've got a good overall lineup, and your buys are spread out. I, I don't think you're making a bad team here. It, what, what's really going to come down to what your team looks like at the end is what are your running backs, who do you get to come out here, and who do you stack with your your targets? If you can pull all that off, your team is going to be looking good. Yeah, I mean, I like Landry too, right? Like, if I can get enough receivers, like, he's a guy that can pop off. He has that crazy burst, so uh, – yeah, I am a little worried about Landry from like the past season and whatnot. But uh, if you look at the Browns, they're they're loaded, and you know Landry will have his week. Beckham will have his week. That's how it's going to go down. And obviously, Beckham's way better than Landry, but Landry still has upside. 
if you're picking six and you got DJ or Hopkins, who are you taking? I'm taking probably taking David Johnson specifically unless if it's a full PPR, it's very close to take Hopkins. Um, I think I might just, I think I'd take Hopkins. I think I trust Hopkins a little bit more. He's just, he is, he's too good to fail. I think in basically any scenario. Yeah. Well, you said Hopkins or who David Johnson, Yeah, David Johnson. I'd rather I like David Johnson. Johnson, but yeah. Why why are you taking Hopkins over David Johnson? This is full PPR, so it's not draft. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. I thought you meant draft. I, I missed that. I was watching this draft and trying to figure out what so I need. Lamar Lamar Jackson hype. Sounding yeah, seven. Why seven? That's really early for and he he has Baker Mayfield too. I don't Look, think that... you could take Matt I would take Matt Ryan straight up. I'd take Wentz. I would take I think I'd take Winston over him. And I would probably, I don't know if I'd take Kyler Murray. It's really close, but it's just not necessary because he has Baker Mayfield. Like that team. I mean, he's going to be scoring it. He's going to be scoring at quarterback every single week. Sure. But I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe my strategy is wrong. I'm pretty firm that like, I just want to load up on running backs and receive. Hopefully he takes like four more quarterbacks is what I'm hoping for. DB gets in those all the time. I'm jealous. I never, never once have I encountered that in a, in the championship. Yeah. I have not encountered it either. Hopefully I do at some point. Uh, Lamar Miller going, he's dropped quite a bit. He was like a fifth round pick at one point with the acquisition of Duke Johnson. I think that's probably about the right spot. And if you're look like none of these guys are guaranteed to really be starters. So uh, I, I kind of like that. I've got, I'm going to break some hearts, I think, on my next two picks here. So I, I'm, okay. I will not be going on ADP for my next couple of picks. Okay, well, you know who not to take, so don't do that. That would be cool. I don't, I, I'm debating on taking him now because I want to keep my stack, but uh, – you not- If you want Murray, I would probably suggest taking him. I'm, I won't take him, but I would probably suggest taking him here. You have to – you're better off to reach for it one round on one player i think i'm okay yeah but hmm. i don't know i might risk it we'll have to see i i I still don't know what i want to do here because there's there's one guy i really want that oh now penny fell i mean so i'm debating between penny dd westbrook or kyler murray right now i'm not going to give you any hints yeah, I'm gonna go, dude. Penny's like that's really good value for Penny. So uh, I'm gonna go him. I'm a big buyer in Penny, and he's fallen too much. Like the so there's there's all this Chris Carson hype, which I, I I like Chris Carson, but he's they're not gonna give him the ball that much. And Penny this preseason, his stats look horrible, but his offensive line. I don't know if you've watched kind of the videos. Literally, almost every single touch he's had this preseason it's just unblocked defenders into the backfield tackling him for a loss. It's crazy. Well, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna do like a lot of two back sets. Like you're going to be so like, you're going to look at their offense and be like, this is weird. Like they're, they're talking about giving these guys a ton of work and playing them a ton. So um, I, I'm, I'm definitely a buyer on Carson and Penny. I like buying Carson earlier, but now he's like, the hype is kind of high on him. I still like Carson, but man, that's definitely uh he's like going to like round three at time, which is uh, pretty high. Let's see. Matt, I like Matt Ryan. Yeah, this Matt is, Ryan's good value. I definitely like going with him. But he just doesn't have like this is what this is what happens in the championship, and like any team can get there, but you're not gonna have a target with Matt Ryan here unless you take Austin Hooper on your next one. Westbrook. I was really hoping to get yeah, Westbrook. Didi's great, man. Didi's a really good play. Um, I'm gonna take Pettis, who is definitely the wide receiver one in that offense. Yes, I love Pettis. I have wait. I have like over thirty percent of him. I and, think. And I'm gonna take. 
You're going to take Balage? No. I think I might just take two good tight ends. I, I, think, just, is... I think I'm legit just going to go three. You got eight seconds, Brett. I'm just clicking button. I'm going to take uh, Shepard. I expect him once he gets back to have a pretty big season. Yeah, so I don't get like the hate against Sterling Shepard. I get that's and that, this is before the injury. Uh, I understand that Sterling Shepard is not in a great situation, but what situation is he in? He's on a bad team that's going to be trailing a ton, and if they do get rid of Eli Manning, like say they do go to Daniel Jones, they're going to want Daniel Jones with his best receiver. Even late in the season, they're going to want him with Sterling Shepard. So um, I'm not saying stack the Giants or anything, but Sterling Shepard just is going to have really good game scripts going for him. And he's not a number one wide receiver, but he technically is a number one wide receiver because he's the number one on his team. Uh, I wouldn't classify him as one, but um, just for this late, I don't get why people are just, you know, poo-poo and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, like, I'm a little concerned. I basically have the Giants offense, not Saquon Barkley with Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard, but I, I don't hate that for a variety of reasons. Um, running backs, always, imagine if Saquon gets hurt. It's just going to be. I mean, that team's going to be bad, but it's going to be a lot of targets to these guys. Ingram should eat. I think Shepard's fine. And between all – I'm going to have, like, nine or ten wide receivers. My wide res- – I'm going to have legitimate huge scoring weeks out of my wide receivers. And if my little three-man running back combo, just just pretend it gets there, my, I, my, this team's going to look pretty good at the end because I want three running backs at the top. So uh, we're going to get out of here in a second. Uh, I don't think we're going to do any more uh, talk about this. We got one QQ. I don't really understand it. This is why I didn't answer it, Devin. Um, the guy wants to know, he played the early slate on Yahoo. Apparently he used Samarja. I don't know anything about that. Should he Should he use Cole? Yes, you should use Cole if, you know, and, and worry about the rest. Don't try to do anything silly. You should You should have been using Cole for sure on Yahoo. Yep, I would uh, I would definitely do that. And uh, look, I got Kyler Murray. I want to wait this again. Is, this is crazy. And I want to take Village, but I know I can't. I know I need to take Kyler. And man, my team is looking awesome right now, Britt. Like Murray, Johnson, Mac, Penny, Galladay, Landry, Boyd, Kirk, and Kittle. Like, uh, you know, we should do this show more often. Yeah, finish it up when we're off air. We're out of here. We got uh, the uh, Fantasy Draft show coming up. Crunch time. Make sure to check on Ross Weather Report uh, on the couple of weather games out there. And other than that, guys, have fun. Have a good night. Uh, for Travis, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out you. Life gets in the way sometimes, okay? We can't always just drop everything we're doing to make the most positive EV pick in the best ball championships. Sometimes mistakes are made. A guy is taken a round or two above ADP. Maybe you draft two tight ends that have the same bye week. But what we are looking at today is not that, no. Today we are looking at the truly egregious face-melting picks that defy all logic. These are the worst best ball picks of the 2019 offseason, and I'm your Roastmaster General, Peter Overzet.
How you approach the bye weeks in the best ball championship is a very interesting strategic angle you have to consider. Well, I really appreciate the angle that Mike B572 took here, taking 10 guys with a week 10 bye. Now, the bye week is what we may notice, but when you dig deeper, what you'll really notice is that this is actually an all NFC East team yet with no New York Giants. My working theory is that this Mike is actually Mike Francesca, and this draft took place on a day Gettleman wasn't returning his calls. Next up, we have Bookworm123, who took Andrew Luck first overall in this draft. Now, this is a man that should probably set the books down and refresh Roto World every now and again, but my working theory is that he's a paid actor receiving checks from Jim Ursay under the table to try to convince everybody that there is totally, absolutely nothing at all wrong with Andrew Luck. Speaking of taking quarterbacks early, Promise34 took Brady at 210 here. I can only assume the titular Promise here is vowing to take a 42-year-old QB at the deepest position in the second round no matter what. Promise kept. A guy with the handle Frank G707 took Jimmy Garoppolo 1-1 in this draft. 707 is a San Francisco area code, and it would appear that his last name starts with a G, similar to Garoppolo. The only explanation is that this man is Jimmy Garoppolo's uncle, and if not, someone needs to take his phone away from him. Now, taking one QB early is cool, but do you know what's really cool? taking five QBs early, like Mambo did here. More like Mambo number five. A little bit of Mahomes in my life. A little bit of luck on the side. A little bit of Watson is all I need. A little bit of Mitch is what I see. A little bit of Cousins in the sun. That was embarrassing. Next up, we have an individual named Umkane and his draft strategy can best be described as robust, 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 robust tight end. He took nine tight ends. Nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Can't say I hate the strategy, but if I did have to quibble with just one little thing, it might be not taking a 10th tight end considering O.J. Howard and Greg Olson have the same bye week. Gotta cover those bye weeks. All of these players hammering the onesie position early are clearly putting themselves behind the eight ball. We know we should be hammering running backs and wide receivers early, and sometimes that means reaching to get our guy. Take this guy here who snagged Carlos Hyde at 3-2 after nabbing Damian Williams at 2-9. That's just elite level handcuffing right there. Although a rare miss on his part not grabbing Darwin Thompson at 4-9 and Darrell Williams at 5-2. Gotta lock up that backfield. I like this guy Dotsum's approach to the 2-9 in this draft. At this point, almost all of the bell cow backs are off the board so we have to get creative really, really, really creative. Like backup running back on a bottom five offense creative. 
Devin Singletary will be telling his grandkids about getting picked here someday. Ultimately though, I gotta cut these guys some slack. You can potentially survive a bad third or even second round pick, but it's the first round, that high leverage, ever so important round. That's the one that will get you. Because as the adage goes, you can't win your league in the first round you can lose it. These are the words that this owner took to heart when he took Quincy Anunwa 102 in this draft. And I can't see the whole roster, but these wide receiver picks he made to start the draft are like that galaxy brain meme unfolding in real time. And look, you do need a unique roster construction to win this overall best ball championship. And I can't think of anything more devastatingly unique than a team that starts Quincy Anunwa, Hakeem Butler, and Jalen Hurd. If anything, we should be applauding this individual for having the patience and the wherewithal to wait on drafting Tim Patrick until the late fourth. And that's, that's a lot of restraint. I don't think any single pick this year can top this first round selection by Canton Bulldogs, okay? Where in the middle of the first round, he drafted undrafted Saints rookie. Uh, let me check my notes here. Divine Azigbo. Yeah, Divine Azigbo. Sure, David Johnson was still on the board. Sure, Azigbo would have been available in the last round. Sure, he might not even make the team. Sure, this guy Canton could have spent this money on multiple beers. Sure. But fantasy football is about having fun, guys. And having fun means reaching for your guys. Here's to you, Canton Bulldogs. You clearly had dreams and aspirations of being immortalized when you made that handle. And today, you accomplished your goal because we are inducting you into the first ballot hall of shame. You did it, man. We've looked at some truly head-scratching picks today. We've seen some really, really aggressive, robust positional allocation strategies. But no one team and no one roster is bound to keep me up at night as much as this roster that Michael Dubner sent me via GrimeTime0518. Now, what's so disturbing about this roster is that at first glance, the positional allocation seems somewhat reasonable. But when we start to look closer, a truly, truly unhinged madman is revealed. First, he takes Baker Mayfield at 110. Massive, massive reach, but okay. He follows it up with two sensible wide receiver picks, okay? And then, and then the coup de grace, the, the actually mind-blowing pick of Taron Sproles, who I believe is like fourth on the Eagles' jet chart right now, Darren Sproles at 4-3. I mean, either this guy is the world's only combination Baker Mayfield and Darren Sproles superfan, or he periodically blacked out throughout this entire draft. This draft looks like it came from a guy who got absolutely obliterated, read one article about zero IRB and hyper-fragile roster construction, and then said... Let's do it live. Grime time. Logging in. Grime time, baby. Grime time. I'd like to imagine that's what he did after every pick. Darren Sproles. Grime time, baby.
Thank you to everyone who replied on Twitter sharing your favorite worst best ball picks of the 2019 season. Let me know in the comments if you have any others that you've seen. We can all laugh through the tears. going on brother grinders dean here at steam 7904 if you want to get all tech well i mean it's five o'clock on the dot on the east coast i lied it's 501 it's 201 on the west coast 401 tennessee time of course i mean it's time for the flagship show here at brother grinders it's called it's called grinders live it's sponsored by fantasy draft and joining me today very excited it's pepsi 7 what's going on you did so well yesterday you're today's returning champion we asked you back what's up <laughs> It was a good night. It was a good night. Unfortunately, my uh, so-called best friend here didn't listen to anything that I said yesterday. So as I was enjoying my big night and watching the games with Dean, 
he just had to hang his head and tuck his tail and be like, yeah, I basically didn't listen to a word you said in the show. We uh, disagreed on some things. Well, like at least as far as some teams, it, this is Daily Fantasy Pepsi. It's DFS, which stands for Daily Fantasy Sports, which means tomorrow doesn't matter. Yesterday doesn't matter. It's all about today. Uh, but if like what happened yesterday happens again today, and it happens like that for a long period of time, I'll be broke. I would be crashing on your couch. Maybe you should be listening week. to me. If, if it's going to happen the same way yesterday, all you have to do is listen to me, Dean, and I can carry you with me. Oh boy, you and your victory laps. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we got a brand new video feed here. I'm not sure if the people can tell, but we we went all high tech here in the office and uh, uh, you know, in the home office in Nashville. Can the people see like all uh, my pores are probably uh, being exaggerated now on the camera. I'm not really sure if it's picking up or not, but hopefully that'll work. Uh, it's working well for the people out there. Uh, yeah, Pepsi, it's been a rough a rough week for your boy, and hopefully we're gonna close strong because yesterday didn't go so well for me. Well, uh, the the biggest upset in the history of baseball that we can remember yes. as far as the Astros. About there, minus five fifty or so. And people are talking about us on Twitter, like all the gambling guys. Like I don't remember a number ever being that high. Uh, they lost, uh, you know. And Verlander was great, and he, he gave up a couple homers, which is he's one to do. And I think it was just two home runs, complete game. Nobody was ever on base, you know. That was the only two guys that got hits, and uh, he lost because uh, the Astros bats went to sleep, unfortunately. And Boston kind of stunk too. And I was feeling you're gonna, you're not, you're not gonna be ready for this one, Pepsi. You're not gonna be. I was kind of chalk-tastic last night with my teams. And the chalk did not go very well. So, hey, you know. You know, it's interesting, though, as Big T mentioned, he was going to bet on Detroit. It's like a straight-up bet. I wonder if Big T did. He would have made some good money betting on the uh, the Tigers to win last night. He probably did uh, because I saw him talking about it on Twitter. He, he, I don't know if he knows a guy or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, or nothing else he kind of tipped off his people. Uh, but I don't know. He has people. I presume he's got people. Uh, you know, he, he was talking about it on Twitter. If nothing else, the, uh, the sharp side app people were all over, uh, you know, the value of Detroit. And once again, you can go back to it, Pepsi, because we got Garrett Cole on the bump. And he's also minus 550. Who cares about yesterday? It's all about tonight. Once again, hey, it's Garrett Cole versus the Tigers versus Jordan Zerriman. And we kind of talked about yesterday how that Houston lineup is, I don't want to say watered down, but the back half is not as strong. Obviously, no Correa. They do have Brantley back in the lineup to strengthen their fit. Uh, they called up, we were talking about Abraham Toro before the show. Unfortunately, he's not available on any sites that we can see. But you were saying, you know, he was a pretty confident bat. He's been smashing this month, correct? Yeah, Toro's looked really good. I mean, he hasn't spent a lot of time in AAA, I think, but just, just since the beginning of August, I want to say, but he's uh, put up big numbers there. He put up big numbers in AA. So when they called him up, two things. One, I was excited because I thought, hey, this is a real good bat. We're going to get him cheap. Of course, he's not in anybody's pool, unfortunately. And the other thing that was interesting is when he started talking to, him, to me about him and we were, you know, learning a little more about him and, and I was chatting to you there. You mentioned he was the 14th or 15th prospect, and I thought, Toro's a, a good prospect. Maybe he's not a top prospect, but he's a very good prospect, you know. And then I thought, man, how deep is their system? We already know it's pretty good. How deep is your system? When Toro's putting numbers up like that, he's your 15th best prospect. Yeah, a prospect is not a prospect is not a prospect. Like the fifth best prospect in one system could be better than the 10th best. Well, that would make sense. I should go the other way. The second best prospect in another system. And I think Houston's got one of the better systems in all baseball. Houston, I think San Diego's another one. Tampa Bay, I think it's the top five as well. Um, yeah, all right. We don't care about prospects that are going to be playing in two or three years, Pepsi. This is daily fantasy sports. Do I have to reiterate that? All we care about is tonight. Uh, tonight, by the way, of course, you know, we're, we're going to talk about baseball here. We do want to mention to our sponsor, Pepsi. Our sponsor, Fantasy Draft, has a $20,000 free roll going down tonight for, for football. Uh, hopefully, Devin has the link in chat. If he does not, our fabulous multitasking producer is back from a little vacation. Welcome, Devin, back. Uh, 
and uh, hopefully he can drop that link in chat. If he's not going to do so, I can find it on my own, but uh, there it is. It's probably uh, over there in the YouTube chat as well. Feel free to like and subscribe on the old YouTube. I didn't check Pepsi. We talked about your ego yesterday. We needed 77 likes for your ego to be satisfied. Uh, hopefully we got there. I don't know if we did or not, but if not, if you're on the YouTube, feel free to like it because Pepsi, if he doesn't see 77 likes, he gets very upset. Everyone says night. So again, if this is free rolls, you have five entries in a free roll on Fantasy Draft tonight. The first 750 people that, that finish this contest, one through 750, win themselves a $20, uh, $20 ticket into our Million Maker, uh, Million Maker contest over there. Nice. It's not a Million Maker. It's a million dollar contest. Nice. Yeah, so that's 750 uh, tickets at a $20 value. And then if you finish between 751 and 1250, you get a ticket into the wishbone, which is that's a $4 value. And if you finish between 1251 uh, and 4,250, you get a dollar ticket into the spiral uh, contest as well. And of course, you know, rake free DFS uh, at Fantasy Draft. You guys know what's going down over there as well. Uh, you know, all the money shuffled back to the players as far as uh, the money that's going in, all the money's going back out. I'll be playing a lot there on football week, week one. And we might even see this contest overlay, this $20 contest overlay, million dollar contest, $20 to join. You can max it out at 150. And it's potentially an overlay, which, you know, uh, needless to say, you should probably be playing there if you're playing football week one. And I will be doing that for sure. Uh, and again, hit up these. Uh, if you guys are premium members, uh, jump in the Discord channel because Jamino, several guys are in there talking about preseason football. Uh, jump in there, and there's a lot of good nuggets in there. And even like all the members are talking good, uh, talking shop. And, and as far as preseason NFL, it's all about that late break news as well. So uh, you're going to want to definitely jump in there. Take advantage of that. It's free. You guys, it comes with your membership. Jump in the Discord. Pepsi, we got it all out of the way. Uh, we also want to mention uh, weather. There is some weather lurking. I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, Roth, this is earlier today, so don't panic just yet. This is uh, 1030 in the morning. Uh, he's got yellow-orange as far as Washington, Pittsburgh, yellow-orange as far as Tampa Bay, Baltimore. Uh, of course, Roth at some point during the show will update this article, and then later on on crunch time, he will, uh, he will update. He'll give the most up-to-date update as far as what's going down weather-wise. Pepsi, I feel like I've talked way too much. So uh, what's going on in Canada? It's generally the consensus on the show, I think, you know, but um, yeah, maybe uh, the weather's cooled down a little bit here. I'm uh, a little disappointed because I'd love to spend some time in my pool, but the weather's cooled down a bit. The next 14 days or so looks like it's going to stay cool. I don't know if that's an East Coast thing or not, but it's almost like summer's kind of over. The hot, humid summer days are over, but uh, at least the races in baseball season are not. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if you're much of a I, I know you're a fan of baseball, but I love the, the races. I love the baseball playoffs. It's, to me, the most exciting sport and time of year. And uh, we've got some interesting races going on here, so I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I don't know exactly who's who as far as, like, in what standings, but I, I'll get interested, like, the last few weeks because I don't have a team. So, like, I don't, like, totally care. <laughs> I, I don't have a team that's involved either. The Jays are out before the season started, but it's still uh, it's still fun, man. It's baseball. I love the sport. My favorite sport still, and uh, – it's exciting. I think that if you had to cheer for a team right now, it's not your Marlins, it's not my Jays, a team that looks like they can make the playoffs to win the World Series, who are you going to cheer for? Minnesota. I like those poppers. They're kind of fun. And I like, they're, I like the underdog, like small market team. You know, Minnesota. It seems like I've never been to Minnesota, but it's my understanding there's good people there. So yeah. uh, I don't know. Is, is, that, is that kind of a chalky answer? Yeah, I think that's chalky because you know, I, I kind of like that as well. We've seen some teams do that. Maybe Cleveland would be fun as well if they could make a run or Atlanta, somebody different, just somebody different. But I would say Minnesota is probably number one for me as well. Yeah, I'm good with any of those. Like anybody, it's not, a, and all the smart market teams, that's kind of what I lean on. And like, you know, 
I'd prefer it not to be Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox and the people that have been there, they won't appreciate it as much, yada, yada, yada. But uh, all right, let's, oh, wow, I just yanked out my headphones. That was kind of sort of weird. Did that look funny or did you not see that? But uh, wow, it's now I feel like I'm just talking to myself. I need my earpieces back in. Pepsi, talk about pitchers tonight. Just like last night, we have a Houston pitcher that's minus 550. It's facing a terrible Detroit team that's probably going to strike out 10 dudes. Question is, do we want to pay up for him? Cash game, sure. What about tournaments? I, I, there's a little more to it than that, I, I think, Tina. He's coming off a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm worried about the leash here. They don't have to push him. I don't think they will. He hasn't pitched since, I believe, August 7th, so it's a couple of weeks now. The matchup's fantastic. We love Cole. Obviously, leads the league in strikeout rate. And, and this is the guy in this matchup that normally I'd be very comfortable paying for. But I'm a little worried that he goes five, throws 86 pitches, they have a big lead, and they go, yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll get you into the game here. So I'm a little worried about that. He likely goes six regardless, but – I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest. I still think he's probably your cast game anchor if we're just talking raw points. It just makes me a little nervous. And going down to Scherzer, same thing. He's missed all of August with the back injury. It's a little bit worse here. We've got some weather concerns there in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I just, that, that scares me a little bit, too, to maybe knock Scherzer completely off of my player pool in all formats. But, yeah, I think this merit of getting off of Cole for the reasons I mentioned. The fact that, you know, we don't know what his leash is going to be like. as a pitch in a couple weeks. And he's the highest priced pitcher on every site. So I think there's merit in getting off of him the cash or sorry, GPPs and using that extra money to pay up. But um, I don't know what I'm doing to cash though. I've, I've kind of talked myself back and forth on a call the whole night. I still haven't convinced myself to go that route. I guess it's going to depend on how my builds go on both fantasy draft and land draft Kings here. Um, but Mike Soroka is a guy that I might use instead of Cole. All right. Well, we'll get to Soroka in a second. Let's complete the thought as far as Cole. As far as K's, uh, the, the total or the, the prop here uh, in lineup HQ, he's got a prop of eight and a half. Uh, basically a coin toss as far as that. So it, that does kind of sort of suggest that maybe he's not going to throw 110 pitches. And I don't know if you need him to throw 110 pitches last night. You know, and I hate just going to one example, but like this Detroit team, you know, they're fully terrible. Uh, they did it a couple solo homers, obviously good for them. But we know they're not patient. They strike, you know, they strike out at 23.6% as far as this lineup tonight, which is not particularly great. Uh, you know, it's not bad either, but we've seen like more strikeout accessible lineups that Detroit has rolled out over the season. But they don't walk. 5.1% as far as walking, a terribly impatient. Uh, Cole, you know, great versus lefties and righties. Actually, has a bigger K, K rate versus lefties, just under uh, 40%, which is absurd. 34% versus righties. Uh, mostly righties here in this lineup, but you know they're not mostly facing Garrett Cole type talent when they're facing righties anyway. So uh, I want to get there. I want to be able to pay it off. But again, as we go to the hitters, <clears throat> we, there's not a ton of value out there. Pepsi, which kind of derails the situation to some degree, and makes it a little tighter. But you know, if you're still out there playing cash games, I think you start with Cole. You lock in your quote unquote guaranteed points, and, and you sort of move on from there. Uh, and you mentioned Scherzer. There's no discount in the price for sure. So he hasn't pitched the entire month. He threw a, <clears throat> a simulated game. Uh, I believe it was like what, 67 pitches or 66 pitches, something like that. Yeah. In theory, the math is if it was a real game, you kind of sort of move up like 15 pitches or so in increments like that as you build up. I'll give an extra five for Scherzer. And like maybe he throws 84, 85 pitches or so. There's potentially whether they're, it's a Pittsburgh team that's not very good, but they don't strike out a ton necessarily. And again, there's no discount on you're getting a Scherzer that hasn't pitched all month. I just can't do it. Like, I'm not rostering Scherzer. That's it. Yeah, he's completely off my player pool as well for the for the reasons you mentioned. Like I said, I still think Cole is, is the top guy in terms of raw points. I'm just still debating on whether I need to pay his salary 
uh, tonight because I'm a little nervous about the leash, basically. If, I, if he was 100% healthy, this is a slam dunk play. But knowing that the hamstring is there and Houston doesn't have to win this game, I just, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he went five, 85 pitches and it's 7-1 Houston if they yanked him, you know? Likely going to go six, as I said, which is probably good enough at cash, but you're paying a pretty premium to get him here. And I don't know if we're going to get the same pitcher at this point, you know, at that point. It's, it's almost like I want to know he's going seven and hitting double digits before I pay that kind of price for him. I mean, you know, we're talking $23,200. It's expensive, you know, so... I'll probably still up there in cash. I'll probably limit that in GPPs just because I think Soroka and, and other guys can get close to him. And, of course, you're, you're getting some savings for the bats. But it, it's hard to bet against Cole in this matchup, despite the fact that there could be a little bit of a shorter leash. Yeah, I mean, the, the chat's talking about the idea of Scherzer are coming back and, like, throwing 70 pitches. I'll take the over on 70. Yeah. I'll take the under on 90. Yeah, uh, I agree. And with the weather being there, I mean, the other thing we got to look at, uh, umpire data helps in a situation like this, too. And Scherzer's got an extreme hitter's umpire which is a little bit interesting. Not that it generally matters to him, but when you're looking at a guy, go, okay, there's a bit of weather concerns. Pittsburgh doesn't strike out much. Um, he's expensive, but it's still sure. So you still don't like him. Extreme hitters umpire. Now you know that he's only thrown mid-60s in terms of pitches coming into this game. It's almost like there's just too many red flags here to go all in that price point on Scherzer. Yeah, and like I don't want to be the guy that gives him the hook either. I don't want to be the guy that tells Max Scherzer you're coming out of the game and like 75 pitches or 85 pitches and probably won't. I was going to say he'll give you the stink eye. I'm not sure if he gives you the blue eye or the green eye or the brown eye. Well, what, what color? He has, he's got two different eyes, right? Two different color, color eyes. Is it one blue for sure? And then one's green? Like hazel? Green? I'm not sure. I think, I think it's green and, and blue, I think. It's pretty cool looking. It's also got to be a little bit intimidating, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> he looks like a, he's a, looks like that actor, the guy that was uh, in The Hangover. I can't think of his name for some reason. The Hangover. Mike Tyson? No, no. Well, no, he doesn't. <laughs> That's a different guy. It's not Zach Galifianakis either. Uh, he was also in the Lady Gaga movie. Um, I'm drawing a complete blank for something. I'm not going to give you any help when I'm an, an actor like me very often. I'm sorry. Uh, well, 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 the chat's going to be on it. The chat will help you. I'm not going to help you. He looks like a stunt double. Like he's, he's, yeah, he's whatever. Uh, well, let, let's move on. You mentioned Soroka. Tell me why Soroka is a great play today, which traditionally Soroka is in that like Marcus uh, Stroman vein, where like, he's a great real-life pitcher. He's not a lot of fun on the roster, but – when you face the Marlins, you know, on a shorter slate where I don't think the pitching is very deep. We'll, we'll delve into it, but uh, it feels like a really strong play tonight, despite the fact uh, he's kind of pricey. But the Marlins will, will give him a couple Ks, I think. Well, you're getting a 2K difference on every site, 2K or more. You know, his control is fantastic. The Marlins are awful. I've talked about it all year long, how I, I love picking on the Marlins. You know, you and I were big on Tehran last night and using him in, in GBP, as I mentioned, we could do that as well. And that worked out well for me. And I think Soroka could put up similar numbers. I mean, if Tehran could be a below average or average pitcher and dominate these guys, Soroka's a better real-life pitcher. So can he go seven strikeout nine? Sure. I'm not suggesting he's going to do that. I just think he's extremely safe. Uh, an uptake and strikeout percentage, I think, is there for him. So I think he can cruise through seven with a cape running. I can't see him allowing more than two runs at the very most. And with that great control, maybe he gets an extra inning in there. Seven guaranteed almost. Maybe he gets to an eighth inning, something like that. So – I just think we have a big game possible here. I think we have a safe game. I love the floor, and I think the ceiling's decent. I mean, it's as good as it's going to get for Soroka. Now, the price point's not a huge discount in general, but in comparing him to guys like Cole and Scherzer, who do have some question marks there, I think I may step down, take the money, and roll him out as an SP1, uh, certainly in GPPs. And I think he's good in cash on a site like FanDuel as well, on a one-pitcher site. I think you can go that route and spend the money if you don't want to go to Cole 
I think he's just very safe. And I don't think it's a night where, you know, if Cole was healthy, he'd be worried about the complete game, 20 strikeouts possibility here. But I think he's not going more than six, no matter what tonight. So, you know, I think Soroka can get very close and I just might take the savings. It's just too good of a matchup. As we talked about Miami, dead last in MOBA, dead last in ISO versus right-handed pitching, the sixth highest strikeout rate. It's just a cupcake matchup for him. And he's a real good pitcher with great control. So I expect him to pitch deep and pitch well. Yeah, uh, I'm well enough to remember when people were saying, hey, the Marlins are sneaky tonight. They're sneaky. It's like if the Marlins are sneaky tonight, everybody's more sneaky. Because, <laughs> like you said, they're the worst. And all of a sudden, by, you know, if they're sneaky, how can anybody not be sneaky? They're uh, not whatever. sneaky, by the way. They're just not sneaky. They're terrible. By the way, uh, we're terrible. Bradley Cooper. How come we couldn't think of that? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, see, I'm not very good with actors and actresses. And, I mean, I'm just not good like that. I know a few of the famous ones, but I'm just – I watch movies. I'm not a movie buff, and I'm, I'm not good like that. The Star is Born, Silver Linings Playbook, American Sniper, American Hustle. Those all sound like movies to me. Yeah, they are movies. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. He looks just like Max Scherzer. Like, I'm telling you. He's, you know, maybe some would argue like uh, Cooper might be a little more handsome. Like Max Scherzer a little more rough, but he could be a stunt double. I'm telling you. It's, it's very uh, – I believe you. So we do the side-by-side. You, you got the Google images. I'm sure you can fire that up. Hey, watching you're the movie buff, man. I'm going with you. If you mentioned Soroka, by the way, uh, which we're talking about as far as the splits, righties versus lefties, because the Marlins are rolling out yeah. basically all righties. And I know his Ks are terrible, 14.7% versus lefties, you know, on the season at less than 20%. That's not ideal, but 23.5% is not good, but that's better. He's gonna, Most of the guys he's going to face is righties. And of course, he's facing, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're, there's no, well, there is Lewis Brinson, but unfortunately, you didn't get the right catcher. No Alfaro. Uh, Holiday's in there. He's terrible. He's not good, but he also um, is not gonna. He's not gonna strike out that much. Well, I wouldn't say he's necessarily terrible, but he's not good. Not somebody to be feared of. But yeah, I prefer uh, you know Alfaro in there because he strikes out more, obviously. And this lineup strikes out a little bit less from a K perspective because Ramirez is in there and Castro is in there as well. But still, these guys are awful. And you know, four points to be on the for the double weight, the W as well. Uh, let's kind of move our way down here as far as strikeouts or as far as uh, pitchers that are kind of popping for us. The, way, the reason why I see strikeouts is because. I was looking at the K props there, Pepsi, and I was kind of surprised to see Maeda have a seven and a half over under. Seven and a half? Interesting. I mean, that seems a little high. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Maeda guy, too, in general. And that's, um, yeah, I didn't look at the K props just yet. So I'm glancing on it for the first time now. Seven and a half. And that seems, that does seem high because you never know. And she's used the word the other day. I love that, that they could dodger him. And yeah. that's innings. I think that's a great term. Um, because, you, yeah, you just never know what the leash is like from Dave Roberts on Mejia. They just, I just think they've misused him his entire career, like bullpens and five-inning games. And this guy, just leave him alone. I think he's talented. He could have a big season. Of course, there's contract issues involved there, too, with bonuses, I know. But uh, And maybe just having him healthy for the playoffs makes sense. But it's a talented pitcher. I love him as an SP, too. You know, you know the, the, this Blue Jays team, again, without their DH, the pitcher's there. The strikeout rate is high. Uh, for Toronto, we're 26% versus uh, versus righties now with this new lineup in here. So there's big time potential there. Um, man, seven and a half. I think you have to go under just because it's the Dodgers, right? But I mean, would I be surprised if he threw six innings, struck at eight batters? No, I yeah. just don't feel comfortable going above seven and a half just because, yeah, it's Dave Roberts and it's made Pitch count last game, 87, 93 before that, uh, 61 before that. That's because he was getting beat up by San Diego, to be fair. Uh, and in cores, he only threw, what, he threw 92 pitches there, and he wasn't good. 
Uh, we don't see his pitch count go over 100 too often. The last time that happened was on July 6th. It uh, doesn't happen. You know, and Maeda has got a history of arm problems, right? And they want him healthy for the playoffs, so they're thinking long game. Uh, worth noting, but I just got to backtrack for a second. I saw a note. I can't remember the ads that they used. Uh, not getting dodgered, but something to the effect of a, maybe pushing back on Soroka's uh, you know, innings just a little bit, which is just worth noting. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen tonight, but they'll probably ease him going into a coming down the stretch, and he's another young arm, and Atlanta's battling, like you said. So it's sort of a push-pull, like hard to make those decisions, but maybe if they're up like 7 up and they're in the fifth or sixth inning, maybe they don't push him too hard. Just a thought. Um, all right. Uh, what do you think of Mayena tonight versus Toronto? I guess he's in play as an SB2. Uh, who's in that competition against him? We have an overpriced Yarborough uh, who's like been good lately. I'm not totally buying into that. Uh, I just think he's way too much. We skipped over Thor, Syndergaard, and I'm not on Syndergaard tonight, which is, I don't know, just, I, I like Cleveland. I think he, I think there's too much speed in this Cleveland team. Um, he's going to walk a couple of guys. Some guys are going to get on. They're going to get automatic uh, doubles basically out of it. Uh, as far as the active roster tonight, Pepsi, no team has more stolen bases than the Indians the entire season. When you, when you factor an active roster, Syndergaard's given up, I think, 28 stolen bases or so. If you look at the plate IQ premium leaderboards as far as the, the stolen base expectancy, uh, five of the, is it, the first five guys are all Indians. And like, I'm not freaking out over, you know, the ability to steal bases because, of course, Syndergaard's very good, you know, at, at getting his ground balls and he's good at getting his soft contact. But still, uh, I just – and also, prices are tough, and I'm just going to find a way to pay up for Cole or I'm going to pay up for Soroka, and I'm not going to play Syndergaard. I'm taking a stand. No 10%, 0% door for me. <laughs> I'm with you there. And you look at that lineup, you can see six of nine guys that can steal bases. You know, you get Allen in there. Of course, the addition of Puig. We already have Lindor and uh, and Ramirez that can steal bases. Kipnis can also swipe the bag. So, yeah, it's interesting. A few guys are going to steal bases often for sure. And, and Thor has just become a good pitcher, you know. And good's not good enough on a, on a slate like this or in general here. And it's a good Cleveland Indians team, probably better than good. That's, that's a great hitting lineup right now. They don't strike out much. Their speed, as you mentioned, there's power in there. It's a tough matchup. And, um, you know, at that price point, yeah, it's an easy pass for Thor. And I'm with you. I'm not using him in any format tonight. Uh, seeing a note here in chat, apparently Scherzer is expected to limit to around 75 to 80 pitches. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> and it's just not worth paying for against a team that doesn't strike out much. And it's a back injury. Now I'm sure he feels great. And we know he threw 64 pitches in the, or whatever it was in the, in the, um, in the bullpen there. So I'm sure he's fine. It's still a back injury. That's enough to scare me. Let him get through one good start before I pay that price. I mean, if he was discounted, different story, but there's just no reason in my opinion to play Max tonight. In the chat, Breed was saying anything that Dean says, play the opposite of. And I said, well, okay, go ahead and go all in on Max. Now I just well actually them in the chat. Now he's saying they're just lying. He's gonna he's gonna keep throwing. Well, and you know what? If there's one guy that's just gonna knock you up the ball, he's like, this is my baseball. I'm gonna throw it. It's Max. Like, good luck taking him taking the ball from his hands. But yeah, I, look, and also the price is, is exorbitant too. I suppose if you want to put the ownership game in tournaments, like, what do you really like? I, what does he have? To, he can, can he thread the needle and go five and or six innings, throw 85 to 90 pitches and kind of get away with it and strike out 10 against Pittsburgh? Sure, that can happen, but I'm not playing for that out. Well, I mean, if Pittsburgh was a higher strikeout team, it might be more interesting. If he's facing Detroit, you might want to gamble. But again, weather's there. The extreme hitters umpire is there. The back is there. The, the short leash is there. And the price point's high. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Versus the Pittsburgh team, it doesn't strike out a lot. And I know it's Scherzer, and he's still going to rack his Ks up. But 
you're looking at 10 over five. I just, I just don't see it happening. I just don't think he's worth that price tag tonight. There is no K prop for what it's worth just yet. And probably for this reason, because nobody really knows somebody pitches into a throw. Um, yesterday we had a couple of like crap SB2s that like some worked out and some didn't. Today, I just don't like the, the collection of SB2s that are available. Uh, Alcantara, like that's not, not for me. Wagaspak, not for me. Uh, Savali is getting some traction. I've seen people talk about him. Just kind of, he makes things work from a price perspective. Um, and he's been good so far, but I'm not going to call the guy a fraud, but I'm going to call the guy misleading. He's been lucky. He's got a one five ERA, but a four three Sierra, you know, his, his home run the fly ball rate Pepsi is zero, uh, a zero home run the fly ball rate is, is lucky. <laughs> Uh, he's got a lucky bat batting average and balls in play as well at 262, especially when he has a hard hit rate at 41.5%. Can he be okay? Can he survive? Sure, of course he can. Uh, that's kind of like your um, chalky SP2, which I just don't like Savali as chalk. Uh, but, like, then what's the alternative? Because the alternative stink too. Nicholas, I guess. Miles? Yeah, I mean, I think that in cash, I'm going to end up using Maeda. And that's why I might go to Soroka, because I, I prefer a Soroka-Maeda combination, you know, versus a Cole and uh, Savala combination, I think. So I may end up doing that. I'll also do the same combinations for, for GPPs. Mikolos is interesting in that, you know, Colorado is awful, awful on the on the road, right? The third lowest strikeout rate at home. And the, uh, I want to say the third highest or fourth highest on the, on the road here. So that's a team that's just night and day. This is not a good baseball team away from home. Mikolos is not going to generate a lot of strikeouts, but Colorado will add some because they strike out. So, you know, he could easily go seven, maybe even eight innings if he's pitching a gem because of that control and his ground balls. So Mikolos is interesting if you're looking for a quality start. You don't want to pay up for Maeda. I think he's a nice pivot off of Savali. I don't mind Savali. I'm going to have some exposure to him. Yeah, the underlying numbers are there, but they're also there for guys like Beaver. And he's a very similar pitcher in that, you know, he's a control first guy, throws a lot of strikes. Um, so I think he can limit the damage. And I think that he might always pitch those numbers, you know, just like Shane Bieber has. So Savali might be fine versus the Mets team that's basically neutral. So I would definitely rank it Maeda number one. Mikolos and Savali is tough. I'd probably give the edge to Savali just because of the fact that Mikolos strikes nobody out and he's more expensive. But all three of those guys are my player pools, SBT, SB2s for GPPs. But in cash, for me, it's going to be Maeda. One more, by the way, on Savali, 8.6% swinging strike rate and a 23.7K uh, rate. That doesn't add up. That, that, that tells me he's getting a little lucky as far as Ks, too. These are all small samples. We're talking about, what, a 24-inning sample. And he wasn't exactly the Kazuber prospect either. So No, but you look at his minor league numbers, too. You, you see the controls there, and you, and you see very similar numbers to what he's doing. You know, pitching his underlying numbers again there as well. And, again, Shane Bieber wasn't that guy coming up either. But if you have good control – and you're constantly hitting corners and getting ahead of batters, that's how you generate some strikeouts and some weak at-bats. So I think that can be done here against the Mets team that really only has two or three good hitters. The ballpark is a pitcher's park as well. So, you know, at that price point, it's certainly worth taking a few shots on. I think the, the quality start is definitely there. What about uh, Marquez? We kind of skipped over Anna Marquez. Um, you know, he's sort of in the mix as an SB1, SB2, if you're really going to spend up as far as arms, you know, better – uh, versus righties as opposed to lefties, no Matt Carpenter in the slide up, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how terrible Carpenter's been this year. But, you know, you want as many righties as possible. you got two at the top as far as lefties with uh, Fowler and Wong. Besides that, it's just Edmund at the bottom. Uh, then it's a collection of righties, 28.8% right. The strikeout percentage versus righties this season and jumping out of course should benefit him as well. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, I wish there was a few more Ks this lineup. He's fine if you're MMEing. I, I don't know if I get there. 
Yeah, I won't be getting there either. And I like Marquez in general. Uh, as you mentioned, very good versus righties. St. Louis predominantly right-handed. They're better hitters, at least at the very least they are. There's potential there, but I just feel like I can go down to Soroka. I can go up to Cole. Just, I mean, just I kind of find him in no man's land basically today, and I wouldn't talk out of it. But uh, I don't think he makes my player pool tonight. Anything else as far as arms that's worth saying? Like Roark could be okay versus the Yankees. Um, there's nothing here to get excited about, though, right? I don't think outside of Yarborough, who's interesting, and I don't know that I'm going to get to him. He's been really good, though. And the Macho versus Baltimore is pretty good as well. We do have some weather there. Keep that in mind, guys. We talked about Pittsburgh a lot. There's some weather there in Baltimore as well. You know, depending on how many lives I end up making, you know, I always end up thinking I'm going to play the, the six that I bought, but then a lot of times we get off the air, we buy some more. I could see myself getting off Soroka and a couple of the go to Yarborough with Maeda in GPPs. I think that might be interesting, but uh, – yeah, I think outside of Yarbrough, there's nobody else that we haven't talked about that I'm actually interested in. Yeah, this is probably the most expensive Yarbrough's been the entire season, and justifiably so. He's in good form, and he's against Baltimore. Uh, he's got 18 strikeouts his last two games, and like you don't really know how, how far he's going to go. And he was super efficient against Seattle, where he was one out away from a you know a complete game, but he only had 99 pitches, 83 the last time out before that. And previous to that, he's throwing you know 60, 70 pitch, pitches or so. I don't know if he's going to step back to that. I presume he's, he's allotted now 85, 90 if things are going well. And we think things, things can go well there in Baltimore. There is some power on that side, of course, as we saw last night. But I just I just hate that price. Uh, but, yeah, again, if you're rolling out tournaments, I'm not going to say that X that button necessarily. But, you know, in the old Hoover, in the vacuum, I prefer Maeda, who's cheaper. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Maeda, even, even straight up raw points, I think Maeda might have the edge there. So why not take the discount? Give me a summary as far as arms. I mean, if money's not a thing, it's still Garrett Cole. You know, we worry a little bit about that hamstring um, and what the leash is going to be. It, it may only be 10 pitches, you know what I mean? But I really don't see him pitching more than six innings. But against the... Pepsi froze. Dude, I thought it was summertime up there in Canada. Troy, no Pepsi. Oh. Am I back? I think you're back. Okay. Mortimer. Yeah, I was just saying, Garrett Cole, I think if you if you got the money to spend, he's your SP1. You know, it's just a great matchup for him. Even if he only goes six, uh, he can still strike out 10. Um, I love Maeda as my SP2 in cash. Also, his GPPs as well. You can play him. If you can't afford to do that combination, I might not be able to do that. I'm okay going Soroka and Maeda as well, just to make sure that my SP2 isn't much weaker than, than Maeda. Uh, working my way down, the other two other guys that I want to use in my player pool, outside of Yarborough, who we just talked about, would be Mikolos, who, you know, you're hoping for a quality start as a pivot off of Maeda, and of course, uh, Savali, same thing. I think a quality start's possibly there, but Maeda's just got so much more strikeout potential that I'm probably going to have, uh, I'm probably going to be overweighting him as my SP2. All right, going to talk bats in just a second. Going to go around the horn in just one second. Do you want to give the shout-outs as far as those that are rocking the Rotogrinders badge these days? The incentive, we have to incentivize you all to rock, to rock the RG badge. Uh, it's the cool thing to do just as is. But if you need some persuasion, uh, finish in the top 10 of designated contests around the industry while wearing the Rotogrinders badge. You get yourself one month of RG premium. Uh, the shout-outs, as far as who has recently signed up, uh, we have Jamestown15, Sabruski, and Pepsi, this one's for you. Your favorite amongst us three. It's got to be Horndog. <laughs> I don't know why that has to be my favorite one. Well, is it Sabruski? Yeah, I'd probably go with that one. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Welcome to Rockin' the Rotogrinders badge. Uh, again, find out more information on the link in chat in the forums as well here at Rotogrinders as well. Pepsi, give me a core player, a, uh, maybe maybe two players, a team. Who are we focus on, focusing on as far as the sticks tonight? 
I really like the Houston Astros tonight. There's no one team that I'm totally in love with. Last night, I seem to be, you know, in favor of quite a few teams, and it's more about individual bats, I think, tonight than, than stacking, per se. But you got to like Houston. Zimmerman's very hittable, although he's capable of going out there and throwing six innings and only get up three runs. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing that scares you a little bit. But he's very hittable. The bullpen's awful. Houston, obviously, loaded bats. It's unlikely they get silenced on back-to-back nights. And, and that leads me to Alex Bregman. You know, there are like seven or eight bats you can play in the Houston lineup, but Bregman's just the best hitter, which is why I'm going with him. You know, he, he just basically can do it all here. And uh, if I'm going to start with any one batter, it's going to be Bregman tonight. Yeah, I kind of emptied the tank earlier about my Cleveland love, and I feel like I'm kind of on an island with that, which is perfectly fine. I don't know if I'm going to fully stack Cleveland, but I'm going to for sure have a couple one-offs and two-offs and, uh, you know, the speed guys. But, I, you know, we don't want to spoil it just yet as far as your jack-in-the-bag candidate, but uh, I'm not going to tell you which one. I'm not going to tell you who it is. That'll be too easy. But, like, one of the Indians tonight is going to bang one and swipe one. That's going to happen. Maybe Francisco Lindor. Is that who's pictured right now? You might be. I love Lindor. He's one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player to watch right now. As a, as a fellow shortstop, he's a lot of fun to watch. So uh, he has jack and a bag upside nightly basis. You know, if he gets on, he's got the bag. So it's a matter of hitting the jack. And that probably happens later versus the bullpen, I will say, if it happens. He swipes one early and he bangs one out late. That's how it's going to go down. Uh, you know what you don't love, Pepsi? You don't love catchers, but we got to talk about them. Uh, who is your favorite catcher this evening when you consider price? We still have a a cheap uh, Gary Sanchez, assuming he cracks the lineup, you know, not exactly an ideal ballpark, not exactly an ideal opponent there uh, in facing Kenner Roark. Uh, are we saving some salary? By the way, speaking of uh, catchers, we're on it right now. And I thought this was interesting last night. I'm not sure if you're watching the game or not. Houston was down one in the bottom of the ninth. Yes. The yes. one guy that actually hit the ball well was Torinos. Torinos was three for three. He had a home run, a single, and a double. One more, if he gets one more hit and it happens to be a triple, they have this thing called a cycle, which is really cool. You, go, you don't get any extra points for it. There's nothing for you. It's just fun to say. So there's two outs in the bottom of the ninth. They're down by one. He's at, this is a catcher running, by the way. Uh, and they say you can't make the last out of third. You can't make the first out of third. Go ahead and make the second out of third. Totally cool. The coaches love that. But first out or last out of third base, that, that's reprimand, uh, grounds for getting reprimanded, especially if it's the last out of the game. And Chirinos really wanted that cycle because he got thrown out at home. Uh, I'm sorry, at third base, and that ended the game for you. So uh, Michael Brantley on deck. They're ready to tie it, and that's uh, – there you go. I, know, I had a lot of uh, Torinos. That was one thing I got right last night. But uh, those five – Was he trying to get the third with one out? Well, obviously, sack fly scores him, ground ball maybe. Or did he actually know they had a shot at the cycle and was attempting to cycle? I'd like to know the answer to that. I don't know, but there was definitely two outs. But, yeah, you definitely can't get thrown out at third in that situation, certainly not with the Houston bats coming up behind you. But there, there is a case for getting to third with one or less. A lot of times I've stressed yeah. a triple myself knowing that I need to get to third base here, you know, with one out. That's ideal. So that's yeah, it's tough to know exactly what he's thinking. But uh, sticking with the catcher theme here, I really don't like catcher tonight. I mean, Gary Sanchez remains reasonably priced, but I don't like to pick on Tanner Roar, not with a righty. Uh, and not my ballpark, ideally. So I will have some Sanchez. I think I prefer Travis Darno a little bit, just because I expect Tampa to the ball well, hitting that five-hole versus Wojciechowski in that bullpen. I like it, but I, I still want to punt a little bit, too, which might have me going down to Trevino. I do like some of these uh, Texas bats versus Detweller in that uh, White Sox bullpen in that ballpark. But there's just nothing here that makes me want to play it. I mean, I'm basically going to look for catcher last, I think, in my builds on DK. I'm not playing a catcher, I don't think, anywhere else. And, um, yeah, it's just going to come down to whatever I can land on. And if I get in that price range of Darno and Sanchez multiple times, I'll probably mix it up. Fun with small sample sizes. 
<clears throat> Ross Detweiler this year has given up more than three homers per nine, 3.05. If you want to get all technical, that's a lot. That's in 41.1 innings, Pepsi, but he's only given up 30.6% fly balls. If you do the math, his home run the fly ball rate is 31.8%. That seems high. Yeah, I can't stay there, I guess, obviously, but uh, yeah. when he's hanging them, they're hitting them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, he's not going to continue to do that, I don't think. He's going to be bad, but I, I don't think he's going to continue to go with those many, that many home runs, unless he just gives up more fly balls, which I suppose is possible as well. Uh, anything else to say as far as catcher or shall we move on and like uh, get, get out of that awful position to talk about some first base? Yeah, let's, let's move over to first base because catcher is as ugly as it gets tonight. And, uh, you know, it, it's weird that we, we don't love a lot of pitching today. There's not a lot of spots we're in love with with the, uh, with the bats either. And I, I kind of feel the same way about first base. I think that Jock Peterson is interesting versus Waggis back and that Jay's bullpen. We know that he can turn into a right-handed batter at any point, but the price tag is reasonable. He could easily leave that game off with a home run. Um, his partner, Cody Bellinger, is probably the better play, but he's going to be pricey. But Freeman might be the best play on the board. Um, you know, he's just so good. Like, the walks are always a problem in GPPs. He's kind of like – he's like the old version of Joey Votto in his prime, you know. Um, but, you know, because Freeman's willing to take that walk. But I just think in cast games, if you can get to Freeman, he, he's just so safe. Outside of Freeman, those three Dodgers, lefties, he's from Muncie in there, of course, where he's first base eligible as well. And um, that's kind of where I'm at. Outside of that, I think we can go with some value. G-Man Choi and uh, Aguilar also made the lineup as well tonight. You know, he's batting seventh. That's kind of where I'm looking at. There's lots of options there. I think Jock's the best play in terms of bang for your buck. I think Freeman's your top guy in terms of, you know, just raw points. And then, of course, it's probably G-Man Choi for, for value, him or Aguilar. Yeah, the, the Dodgers bench has strengthened, so that ups the chances, uh, the righties on the bench, so that ups the chances of uh, Peterson get the hook later on in the game, which is somewhat concerning. Uh, definitely just be aware of what you're doing when you're rostering him. Of course, like you said, Pepsi, uh, if he bangs out a homer in the first inning, who really cares? And, you know, there's also other situations where he's going to stick around for the entire game as well. Um, you mentioned Freeman. You know, we talked about this, uh, you know, earlier in a different podcast, but the Marlins bullpen, the active roster, is giving up so many homers. It's dreadful. It's terrible. They get a ballpark chip there in Atlanta as well. I imagine it's hot once again. Uh, I think it's mid-80s when I saw it earlier today, maybe high 80s. Yeah, 89 last we saw. Um, Alcantara's got the highest Sierra on the slate. Uh, he's got an ERA. It's respectable, I suppose, a 4.35. That's okay, I guess. But a 5.72 Sierra suggests he's been lucky. You know, lucky as far, lucky as, far as batting average and balls in play, lucky as far as homer on the fly ball rate, which is less than 11%. Uh, and that's partially due to, I would imagine, his home ballpark being so cavernous. Uh, Keystone position, Pepsi, second base. Uh, are we spending up on Altuve? Is this a spot where we can save some salary? What are we doing? we got lots of options here at second base. And, and like, uh, it's interesting. A lot of these positions are deep because there's three or four guys that are all pretty close, in my opinion. I don't really have a strong feeling about any of them. I mean, picking on Zimmerman in that Detroit bullpen, you know, it makes sense for Altuve. If you can get that, I think Altuve is your, your best guy. Muncie, again, we talked about him at first base where he's second base eligible. Albies is a guy we like. You talk about numbers for Alcantara. And, you know, Nick Solak's back in the lineup. Bat six. Again, I like some of these Texas righties versus Detwiller and that White Sox bullpen. So if you want to save some money, maybe in cash, going to Solak makes sense. But I would probably rank them Altuve, Muncie, and Albies as your top three. Yeah, Solak, I think yesterday was his first game ever in the majors, at least the first game I ever noticed him. And I was looking at his minor league numbers, and he's definitely uh, shown some pop in the minors. We talked about Detweiler's issues with giving up homers. Uh, price is pretty fair most places as well. Uh, no issues with that. 
trying to see if anybody else kind of jump off a page or anybody that's a little bit different, a little bit well, we, goofy. We can talk about a couple of their options too. If you don't want to go to Solak, you got Brian Dozier, pretty cheap. Tough ballpark for lefties in Pittsburgh. And of course, there's weather there, but Dozier and, and of course, Sogard. I mean, if you're stacking Tampa, the nerd, <laughs> as you like to call him, he's an interesting play because if you've got the money, nobody's paying for Sogard. Now, he's not a multi-homer guy usually, but he's leading off. And he can have one of those big games. It's interesting. I think Tampa Bay is going to be popular, especially on fan or the cheap. But I feel like 90% of Tampa stacks, are, or maybe more, are missing Sogard at that price point. Dozier, by the way, coming back, it's a baby game. Uh, he had a baby, or rather his wife or girlfriend had a baby, uh, or somebody else did. It's a whole other story. It's Jerry Springer's story. But, uh, yeah, good for him. And I don't know if he's tired or it's a baby game and a play narrative, whatever you like, but uh, we do like historically the roster. Good old Brian Dozier versus those southpaws. And uh, nerd power, uh, Eric Sogard, that's you said, like leading off for Tampa. Tampa is one of the, high, one of the highest team totals on the slate. And, He's shown more power this year, just regular power. I don't know where he's getting it from, the glasses possibly. Uh, whatever it is, uh, it's not amazing power, but it's higher than like the standard he set for the previous seven or eight seasons. Uh, pretty strong Woba as well, and like a strong contact hitter also. So, uh, and he probably gets those five ABs. And like you said, there's no real team to love. I don't know if we have a team total at six just yet. Oh, Houston's now at 6.35 for what it's worth. Earlier today, I think they're a little bit lower than six. Uh, Atlanta is at six against the Marlins. No surprise there. But, uh, and the Dodgers are a little bit less than six against your boy Waggus pack. But yeah, there's no real team that I love either. And that's why one of the reasons why, you know, I know Cleveland's not jumping off the page as far as, uh, you know, a total of four is what we're at, but that bullpen for the Mets doesn't really scare me. And I just think, you know, one or two hiccups, uh, this is for tournaments, obviously, like Cleveland's my, uh, I take a contrarian take in the chat to beat me up about Cleveland. I saw somebody was doing it, but that's where I'm at. I'm going to be playing some Lindor, going to be playing some Kipnis. Uh, I saw a stat, by the way, as far as Carlos Santana. He's got like 40 stolen bases in his entire season, an entire career. Uh, he's faced Syndergaard twice in his life. Oh, uh, like nine like nine at-bats in his life. He's got two stolen bases against Syndergaard. Anybody against Syndergaard's going to go is the point I'm making. And that could have been four years ago, and Santana doesn't really steal bases anymore. But just making the point, Syndergaard, he just does a terrible job of holding up runners. Jump the third, Pepsi. Well, your boy Jose Ramirez comes into play then, moving on to third base. And they've got a jack-and-a-bag upside. It's interesting whether you use them as a one-off or or uh, as part of a Cleveland stack. You can certainly use these one-offs and, in Cleveland. And even if they don't have big hitting games, as you said, the stolen base possibility is there. If he gets on a couple times, maybe gets a couple steals and gets a run in there. But Bradman's my boy. He's the top bat in the slate. In my opinion, he's the top play at third base here. You know, we talk about the Dodgers. We like them as well versus Waggers Pack. And that Jay's awful bullpen. So Justin Turner's in play. Yuan uh, Moncada is interesting. He returns a lot today. We want to tag Gerardo with lefties. So he's an interesting play as well, but make it overlooked. And Anthony Rendon, anytime he's facing lefty, I got to get exposure to him. I think he's really going to be a uh, Highlander owned. He's got multi homer upside. And um, I know there's weather in that ballpark's not great, but you know, if there's one third baseman that I think is sub 10% owned that can have a big game, it would be Rendon for me. Yeah, because like you said, there's plenty of stops along the way. <clears throat> he's quite pricey, but. You know, you're going to regret not having him once he bangs one out off a brawl. And hopefully, maybe Roth actually updated that article. Let's take a little refresh and see if he's refreshed his article as of earlier today because I would imagine there's kind of a new forecast. And, of course, it'll be on crunch time if you guys are premium members. So will give it the most up-to-date update at 6.15 on the East Coast. A little bit behind on time, Pepsi. Could you believe it? And uh, I'm looking for the cough button, and I have, like, a brand-new machine. I don't know where the cough button happens to be. <laughs> That's why my voice is a little bit gargled. I apologize for that. Uh, jump to a uh, jump to shortstop while I uh, struggle here for a cough button. Yeah, you can clear your throat while I talk if you want there. But um, you know, shortstop's another one of these positions where I'm not completely in love, and it, it's very deep. 
I mean, if you can play Breglin there because you want to play a Rondon or somebody else a third, that makes sense. Uh, I might be a little bigger on Andrews more than other guys are. That in that three-hole versus Detweller. Again, the White Sox bullpen. I think, I think Andrews also has Jack and a bag upside as well here. But we got lots of options. I mean, if you're going to Washington, Trey Turner's there. Uh, Corey Seager's another Dodgers bat we can use. Uh, Didi Gregorius is one of the few Yankee bats I like versus Rourke, but it's a tough ballpark. Tim Anderson, Jack and a bag upside. So the position's very deep. Uh, I know I'm giving you a lot of names without really helping you, but I will say this. Bregman's a top bat. Andrews, I like, is a really nice pivot that could be low-owned. And, of course, uh, Trey Turner's got the big upside as well, who has also hit two cycles this year, Dean. Oh, boy. Best player in baseball. Well, that's something. Chirinos can't, uh, can't get on board with that, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was. There's some goofy random catcher that's not particularly fast that did it once, too. It just sort of – I mean, as if he needed something to uh, describe the cycle. What's that? Didn't was it Benji Molina that did it? That's a, one of the Molina brothers. I don't know which yeah, one it was. I think it was yeah. Benji. Yeah, of all the Molinas, which just tells you how ridiculous and how absurd it is and how random it is. But how skilled Molina is, yeah, yeah. He can. <laughs> I don't. I, I never know what to do with Texas versus a bad lefty because they have no righties that are interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned Elvis, sure, uh, not a lot of pop, but like I guess he can jack in a bag it against uh, Detweiler. It's I just never I'm always conflicted, but you know you mentioned Solak before as well, like Forsyth. It's just I never yeah, know. You got Hunter Pence, you got Danny Santana. They're a little more equipped right now. Yeah, Santana. I mean, Hunter yeah, Pence. Okay. I'm still like Hunter Pence is the same price like as all the other good outfielders. Yeah, I know like, that's tough. I'm still not ready to. I, it's, I'm not ready to believe the Hunter Pence. Like it's awesome that he was an All Star. Good for him. And I'm sure he still rides his scooter to the ballpark, which is pretty fun. Uh, but I just – I have a hard time clicking the button for Hunter Pence when it's the same price as, like, all the other good outfielders. Well, I get it in tournaments, but – Low-owned, yeah, if you're stacking for sure. But uh, interesting that we're behind and you want to talk about Hunter Pence at shortstop. Well, no, we were talking about Texas in general as far as uh, – right, you, actually, you brought up Hunter Pence. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of throw you under the bus. <laughs> Where is the court reporter when we need one? Because <laughs> I'm fairly certain you were the first one to say Hunter Pence. Uh, let's jump to the outfield, Pepsi, and, you know – everybody's expensive. Like I have no cheapies in the outfield. I like, we'll talk about it. You know, you got to make this work. We build a little of the salary cap, which kind of makes it even trickier for a guy like Cole. What, you know, you want Cole and it's guaranteed like 25, 30 points, whatever it may be. Uh, as far as the big spends, who's your favorite big spend in the outfield? Yeah, I think it's George Springer, probably like the Houston bat Springer. You got Brantley, you got uh, Alvarez, uh, you got like the Tampa Bay Ray outfielders too. They're cheap over in FanDuel. We talked about Santana and Pence with Texas already. And the Dodgers, obviously, where they're outfield eligible, make a lot of sense. And I'll just do the outfield pretty quickly. Three more random dudes for you. Uh, Ron Lacuna. Uh, Judge, again, is interesting, too. And I guarantee Judge could get overlooked for a power bat. And my boy, Chris Davis, came through big for me last night. Called that one. It worked out quite well for me. So I'm going back to the well there again as, as a cheapie for home run. Yeah. You're taking that victory lap, aren't you? Just saying. It worked out well. And I'm going back there again, man. My boy. I love Chris Just to the scoreboard. It's okay. <laughs> it's even more fun sometimes. I know you've had a successful baseball season. You've done well. So it's easy for me to have the big night knowing that you didn't listen to anything I said. And it's easier to gloat because it's like, well, I kind of told you, man. You know, had you been having a tough season, maybe it wouldn't have been as much fun. But I know you're fine. So I can gloat a little bit with you. Uh, yeah, we're not crashing on your couch just yet. Uh, I'm a, did you mention Meadows, Austin Meadows? I'm a, I'm, I'm, you, you kind of froze. I just kind of mentioned that. Oh, sorry. Tampa Bay Rays in general, I mentioned. Oh, dude, what is going on with the internet? Uh, have, we, have we paid the, uh, the cable bill or the internet bill, Pepsi? What's going on in Canada? 
I don't know what's going on. I sound, I seem perfectly fine, man. You sound good. I don't, I don't even realize that I'm freezing or whatever I'm doing here. All right. It's a little funky. We're going to power through. We got about 10, 11 minutes before we step aside and get out of here. We're going to do a screen share in a second as well. Uh, load up those questions in chat. If you guys are on the old YouTube, feel free to uh, ask your questions there. Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer that he, did he train the kids call him? Uh, he will copy, he will paste, he will throw that question here in the RG chat. Uh, Pepsi, give me some, uh, give me some stacks and give me some domes and give me a, a dude that hits a jack in the bag tonight. All right, I got Houston and the Dodgers at the top. Houston's pretty far ahead, though. Obviously, we talked about Tampa Bay, and I think Washington's my favorite sneaky stack. Uh, the home runs, Bregman in the top tier, uh, Jock Peterson mid-tier, and Chris Davis for value. And Jack in the bag, Francisco Lindor is the guy I'm going to use. I love Andrews, too. I think Andrews could get there, but that gives you two of them, I guess. But Lindor seems to have more upside. All right, you're getting all funky on me. We're going to power through. Play along at home with me. I'm not really sure if you can hear me still, but we're on the old lineup HQ. Pepsi, you there as well? I'm here. I just, I'm frustrated with the situation. D-Train, what am I doing wrong here? Is there something I could do? Yeah, well, what do you have open, Pepsi, besides uh, the RG pages? Everything. I mean, I, I have the same amount of things open I always do, so I don't know what's going on. Well, uh, we're going to do a screen share. We're showing the people the lineup HQ as far as what's going down. They always, they always want to know the umpire data, so let's fire that up. Uh, nothing too funky, just a couple of extreme hitters, umpires. We have uh, Aramon Marquez, Nicholas, both have a, uh, a hitters umpire, as well as Mad Max Scherzer and Brault. Uh, I do wish we had a weather update. I think I have that here someplace. I believe I do. Let's hit the refresh button. Let's, let's see if this pops up uh, as we stall and wait for time. It looks like it's uh, the colors have gotten better, at least, for what it's worth, Pepsi. I'm not sure if you see it. As of 420 Central Time, uh, 520 on the East Coast. Uh, as of right now, we have yellow-green for Washington, Pittsburgh, and it's just yellow in Baltimore. So it has improved. I don't know if – I mean, there's words there. I can't really read the words on Internet television. That will make for boring Internet television. Uh, we don't have time for that. Got bronchitis. But uh, what else do we have here? It's interesting. Oh, how about the ownership percentage for pitchers, Pepsi? Anything kind of jump out for you? Because I mentioned before, this sort of surprised me how big that number is. So Bali, as of right now, on two pitcher sites, is projected to have a 38% ownership. Wow. That is egregious. I'm sorry. Egregious. That's it. Thoughts? Besides, yeah, well? That seems, that seems too high to me. I, I, I think he's more than 25% mark, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I guess they're just looking at pure numbers and, and price point. It makes sense. I just, it still seems high, but... Every time I think he might be a little bit off, he usually nails things. So he's more likely to be right than I am. No, I'm not even saying that that's a wrong number. I'm just saying it's egregious. If like that's if that's the number, I'm I'm having to have well less basically because yeah. I understand why I get why he's being played. Um, but I'm gonna try to find a way to get up to Nicholas and try to find a way to get up to uh, if I really can get there. I want to get to uh, Maeda. Like if I can get Maeda Cole somehow, which again we talked about how this the outfield's really expensive. I don't know if there's a cheap guy that's kind of popped up there in the show. I certainly hope that's the case. Otherwise, I'm going to make some funky lineups that I'm not happy with, or I'm just going to step down from Cole and maybe uh, roll with some Soroka and Maeda. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, otherwise, as far as the ownership, anything else too goofy here? Uh, like Marquez at 8%, but that makes sense. Max Scherzer at 5%. And again, like I just don't get it. I understand he's Max Scherzer, but this is not – you know, your regular Max Scherzer, and, you know, he's the same exact price. So I just can't justify it. You can't justify it either. Uh, anything else here as far as the lineup HQ Pepsi that makes a kind of popping for you? I closed everything because D-Train told me to close every window. So I don't <laughs> have anymore as I'm trying to make sure I stop this uh, freezing issue. So I apologize. 
All right. Well, hopefully we'll have time to knock out some questions here in chat because we're going to do it right now. Um, yeah. Instead of Jack in the bag, they want to add most likely to hit for the cycle, which is, come on, that's silly. Like really it's, it's Benji Molina tonight. That's the guy that's most likely to do it. Uh, come on, Pepsi. Who's the guy most likely to hit for a cycle? Maybe you'll think this. Alex Bregman. Okay. Uh, low owned Texas uh, and White Sox stacks. What's your thoughts? I uh, love both. Yep. If you're looking to be sneaky, love both those. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about Gerardo at all because we didn't. We're, he's super cheap, I suppose. Any pitcher with an arm uh, throwing baseballs at the White Sox in theory, uh, a little bit tougher as far as the matchup. You know, Moncada is back in our lives. Uh, I don't mind a little mini White Sox stack to pick on Gerardo. I'm more likely to play White Sox than Gerardo is basically what I'm getting at. That sounds like where you're at as well too. Uh, build a Texas stack for me. Ooh, that's interesting. We did talk about a lot of the righties there. Um... You want to go Solak in the six hole, uh, and I want Andrews and Pence in there for sure as well. So those are only three bats that I, I really need. I mean, I don't mind throwing in a cheap old door in the middle. Um, Calhoun and DeShields are not guys that are likely to double dong, so I don't mind missing them. But uh, really, anybody one through six, I'm fine with. But, but I, I would like three, four, and six for sure. Uh, they're asking in chat about what kind of pitcher Mikulos has. He is an extreme hitter's umpire, but, like, I don't think that affects him much. He, just, he throws strikes anyway. You know, it's – what is he, yeah he's, he's not somebody that like um that like works the corners a ton you know his control is good enough that i don't think he needs a whole lot of help so i kind of agree with you that's sort of where i'm at uh colton wong is a jack-in-the-bag candidate what do you think of that what say you yeah absolutely he is uh let's see scrolling down trying to find some more questions they're just making fun of your internet here uh, i got a couple here that i'm gonna answer dean one has solak or dozier i'm gonna go with solak and then one from YouTube on Maeda and Tanaka. I love Maeda tonight. The Jays strike out over 26% versus righties. Maeda has got the big game upside. The only question there is the price point because of maybe the early hook from Roberts. Tanaka, on the other hand, and I wrote this up in my survey, Tanaka has, hasn't been very good, especially in terms of strikeouts. Under 20% this season, under or just over 15% since the All-Star break. Tanaka's a guy that I'm avoiding, and I just don't think he's playable tonight. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty clearly Maeda over Tanaka. Uh, I'm with you as well. I do agree. Uh, shortstop specifically on FanDuel, uh, Didi, Anders, or Anderson? I assume that's El Elvis, right? Yeah, for me it is. Uh, player you're most afraid of, uh, of not having or having less shares in the field? That's a question straight from the expert survey. Yeah, I'm going to go there and see what, I'm, uh, what I did there. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Why do I have Scherzer in that spot? Well, as you're scrolling, as you're considering that question, I have another question here. It says, other than Freeman, who's your favorite top Atlanta guy for FanDuel cash? And I was talking about outfielders that are uh, not really that cheap. Uh, on DK, on Fantasy Draft, it's kind of rough. On FanDuel, you got Matt Joyce, who I think is like 2K over there, 2-1. Uh, Matt Joyce feels like a really, really strong cash game play, especially if you're going with Cole as your cash game pitcher, which is probably advisable. Yeah. Uh, is that kind of where you're at as well? Yeah, I would agree with that. And then, I mean, I mean, I like Albies a lot as well. Another guy's got Jacobag upside. I think Albies is probably number two guy in, in raw points. And uh, the player I'm most afraid of having, I put Scherzer down just because of the potential for his upside tonight. But in terms of a bat, that's any of those Houston bats that you can't get enough of scare me. There's so many to get a hold of. You want Brantley, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez. It's just, I don't feel like I can get enough Houston tonight because if any one team's going to be a big net, it's them. It's just a matter of which one of those six big bats are going to go off. All right, Pepsi, I got a twofer for you. Um, it's uh, the aforementioned Matt Joyce with Conforto versus Springer and Matt Skoll for the White Sox, batting eight. Whew. I'll go with the first one as much as I like Springer. 
Yeah, I think Springer is the best player there, but I think Joyce is better than Skull. Yeah. It's a tough call. I, I, I see why. Crawford's fine too. I mean, Crawford and Mash is righty, so I'm fine with that combination. I'm just uh, catching up to the questions here in chat that you've already answered, Pepsi. So if you happen to see any others, feel free to pounce. Uh, Cole and Soraka viable for DK Cash? If you could make that work, I just don't know how you make that work. That's really tough. It is tough. We don't have a lot of values. Dean alluded to earlier. I think that. Again, I mean, I love the Cole Maeda idea, but I might be going Soroka Maeda just to kind of make it work because there's not a lot of value out there, and the bats we like, as usual, are pretty expensive. Here's an interesting question, Dean. Matt Olson, a jack and a jack candidate. That's interesting. <laughs> and I like that. Matt Olson's my favorite A today. I know I use Chris Davis as my value home run. That's based on price. But if I was picking any one Oakland A to go yard today versus Tanaka, it would be Olson. So I think he's a decent one-off. Double jack and code for Matt Olson. I have no problem with that. Uh... Dodgers righties, Toronto pitcher seems to be a tad reverse splitsy. We don't have a big sample on him, but, um, you know, I would, I, mean, I would not play the lefties. I wouldn't discourage that. I think all the Dodgers are fine, to be honest. Yeah, we like the righties just as much. Usually it's the lefties you want and Jock, Muncy, and Bellinger, but because he's a bit reverse splitsy and again, just not very good. And the bullpen behind him is also not very good. So guys like uh, uh, Justin Turner are very much in play, even though they're right-handed. Let's see, scrolling on through for a couple more questions before we step aside and make way for crunch time. This is me buying time. Oh, here you go. Uh, pick one of these Atlanta dudes for, for cash, Donaldson or, or Albies. That's pretty tricky. Albies. And by the way, this is the reason why we talk about the tight cap today as far as the two pitcher sites. And yeah, sure, I want to play Cole and, and Soroka and kind of like make that work, but it's really, really hard. And this all speaks to the ownership for Savale, who, if he continues to do what he's doing, is underpriced. But, like, I don't – I'm not certain he's going to do that. Of course, he jumps in the National League, better ballpark. He's facing, a, you know, a pitcher instead of a, instead of a DH. So, you can throw that in there as, as, as bonuses. But – and, again, for cash, it probably makes sense to pair, like, Cole and Savali. I know you were talking about playing instead of Cole, just stepping down to Soroka and, uh, and Maeda. I just don't yeah. know – I just don't know if I want to, like, miss out on Cole and cash because it just feels like the nuts. But – I get it. It's, it's, you know, with a little bit of a salary cap, cross that one off too there. Bingo. Uh, one or two more before you step aside and make way. We got Donaldson and Albies for cash. Knock that one out. Actually, Pepsi, we don't really have. Oh, here we go. Uh, Howie Kendrick or Choi? I'm going to say Choi. I like both. I like both as well, but and they're asking for cash. So I would say Choi as well. Uh, one more for the road. Elvis and Turner versus Travis Darno and Donaldson. Andrews and Turner. I believe it's Cardi today on with Roth as far as crunch time. Uh, again, if you guys are premium members, feel free to hit that up. Uh, 6.15 on the East Coast. Uh, Roth will tell you all about weather as far as what's going on there. And Cardi will answer all your baseball-related questions. One more time, that Fantasy Draft free roll They're giving away tons of tickets to their football contest tonight. And just so you know, you have to have your team blocked by tonight for preseason football. Devin's going to drop the link in chat for you guys. Pepsi, finish strong. Give me something good. I mean, it's interesting a pitcher. Cole and Savella is going to be popular. I like the Soroka Maeda combination better. You don't have to pay for bats today. They're expensive, but we don't love anything. So I think it's interesting if you can get two starting pitchers in your lineup and, and save a bit on bats. That might be the contrarian way to go tonight. He's Pepsi. I'm Dean, and stay tuned for crunch time. We're out of here. Holler.